across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Talk Radio. Thank you, Baldy. Thank you, The Tramp. But whatever, um, someone dropped their guts in here, and that really is against the law. Um, busy show this evening. Have you seen The Tower? Oh, it's a good movie. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Seriously, uh, they were both pointing the finger of accusation at the other one. Um, but either James Whale or Ash, one of those gentlemen, and I use that term very loosely, and I also use the term loose advisedly, um, dropped their guts in this studio. They passed air through poo, and it, I, I shouldn't have to work under these conditions. I should, I'm a sick man. I've been off for a week with tonsillitis. I'm uh, I'm a sick man. Any I'm breathing in their germs, and any germs could send me off over the edge again. So this has to stop. This has to stop, dear listener. And boy, oh boy! Luckily, tomorrow's show is coming from a listener's house in Manchester. And I don't think we flagged that up enough uh, 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 this week. Um, so we're going to flag that up a lot um, later on in the show. Tomorrow's show uh, will be coming live from a bloke called John's house. He has pets that live in the house. I don't know if he's married. I don't know if he's. I don't know anything about him. I do not know anything about him. I just know he has pets. And tomorrow night show, and he lives in Manchester, just outside Manchester. So tomorrow night show, dear listener, um, and we will be texting all of you the address that we're going to just in case we get murdered. Um, sensible and safe. More on Manchester in a bit. You know me, <clears throat> dear listener. I am a sucker for a good documentary. Oh, I love a good documentary, a good story, well told, works for me. And um, every now and then, Netflix will update their... Um, they will update their um, their listings and what they've got on, on, on offer. And a new one popped up a couple of weeks ago, and I saw it. I thought, oh, oh, this looks interesting. Tower. And I started watching it, and I'll be honest, the first two or three minutes, I didn't like it. I didn't like the kind of animation style. But I stuck with it, and I am so glad I stuck with it, because... It's an incredible story. The, 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 you know, the basis of all good documentaries, it's an incredible story and it's incredibly well told. Really simple. And actually, once, um, I got used to the animation technique they were using, oh, it was beautiful. I mean, absolutely beautiful. And, um, I, I was in tears in places. I had the hairs on the back of my neck going up in places. It was absolutely incredible. It's on Netflix, and I know lots of you have watched it because I've been banging on about it. It's also um, 
it's either coming out or it's out now on DVD and Blu-ray. And I, I, I believe there are a raft of extras, which we'll, we'll, we'll find out what the extras are in a bit. Um, but I'm really thrilled. We've got um, the, the director of Tower uh, all the way from New York City, where we're going to be in a few weeks. It's Keith Maitland. Evening, Keith. Evening. Nice to, nice to talk with you. Uh, nice to talk to you, man. Um, tell me about Tower. What, how, 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 did that, how did you find that story? Sure. Well, let me just give you one small correction. I, I'm not in New York City. I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, I do apologize. Well, that's even more exciting. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, I live, um, I live about two miles from the University of Texas, which, of course, is the, uh, the setting and the location yeah. of uh, what many consider to be America's first mass school shooting. Mm. Um, you know, the event took place in August of 1966 which is nine years before I was born, but it was a, an event that, that kind of hung a long shadow um, here in Texas. When you uh, were growing up, Keith, was, 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 did people kind of talk about that day in 1966? That's the thing. It, I think a lot of people knew about it kind of generally, yeah. but nobody talked about it in specifics. Um, as a matter of fact, every um, seventh grader in Texas, uh, which is about age 12, mm. um, requires, uh, is required to take a full year of Texas history. Um, wow. So it's uh, stories about Sam Houston and Stephen F. Austin, the, the pioneers of the, of the old Wild West. Um, you watch a lot of John Wayne movies. <laughs> you know, learn about cowboys and Indians. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and this story, this, this incredibly tragic um, uh, bellwether um, was never, you know, included in the curriculum for Texas history. But I learned about it in my Texas history class because my teacher was on campus that day. <gasps> wow! Yeah. Wow! So my first introduction was a first-person perspective on that day, and the way she described her experience um, to me as a twelve-year-old is very similar to the way the film introduces you to that experience. Mm. Um, you know, she was a young student. She heard sounds that she didn't recognize. She looked out the window and saw people running, hiding behind trees. She stepped out onto a balcony uh, in the dorm that she was at to try and figure out what was happening. And at that point, she realized there was a man on top of the tower with a gun and that he was the one causing this. And then she realized if she could see him, he could see her. Mm. She ran back inside. It is, for those that, and I know lots of my listeners have seen the film, Keith, and we'll talk about the DVD and the Blu-ray as well, and all the the extra bits that are on there. But for those that haven't, because I was unaware of the story. I've never heard of this story. Um, It's it's a tall um, clock tower. um, uh, uh, it, It was at the university, wasn't it? That's right. The University of Texas, which is the flagship university for the state of Texas, um, here in Austin, which is the capital of Texas. But at that time in 1966, it was still a pretty small town. Mm. And, uh, and this tower at the center of it um, was really the tallest building in town and kind of the center of the, of the community. And a guy went up to the top of the tower with, uh, you know, at least a gun and was, was shooting people and people would be walking in the square and suddenly they'd be on the floor. I mean, this, we get to meet through the film, um, some incredible people. Um, that, the, the young lady who was pregnant, 
Um, that, that was when the, I, I was watching, uh, say, I wasn't sure about the first couple of minutes of the film, but just once we got to her story, it was like, all oh, right, I mean, this is, this is going to be incredible. You know, a young lady, young pregnant woman walking out of, of school with her boyfriend, um, and then suddenly he falls down and she thinks that something's gone wrong. So she looks and then, and then she gets shot and she collapses beside him. And no one knew what was going on for quite a long time, did they? That's right. It, you know, because it was such a big geographic area and the, and the sniper in the tower, you know, kind of um, moved around the four facets of the building, kind of picking people off, you know, on different sides of the campus. He covered about a five block city, you know, mm. five city block area. Um, so it took people a, a while to put it together. And, and of course, the world was different then. This was an event that was really um, unprecedented. Mm. So. So there wasn't that, you know, I think now if you're out in the public space and you hear a loud sound, it's almost ingrained to think, you know, I better protect myself. I better, you know, that could be a gun, that could be a bomb, yeah. that could be a truck. Um, but on this day in 1966, people were just, you know, caught completely unaware. I tell you what was interesting, where I thought there were similarities between then and now, was the speed with which the news crews, and it was primarily radio, um, got to the scene, and um, part of me wants to say bravery, part of me wants to say stupidity, that, but, but it was, I mean, incredible that the, the, the radio broadcaster, the guy that's in his truck, and he's, he's talking to, to someone, and he says to the guy he's talking to, you better duck down, you know, we're targets here. I thought that was, that was, because um, now we're used to news crews just arriving on the scene as soon as anything happens, there's crews there. Uh, and I thought that was, was incredible, that, 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 that radio guy. Yeah, I agree. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for his broadcast, I don't think I would have made the film. Mm. You know, he, he led, to, to explain more fully, the, it was a slow news day. It was a Monday, um, not quite yet noon, um, and a hot summer day. And the news reporters were sitting around the, the room, uh, the newsroom, trying to figure out what to cover for the, for the evening news that night. And they heard on the police scanner that there were shots fired on campus. And like most people, they assumed that it was probably over with. Um, so, so a reporter hops into uh, a station wagon and drives to campus. The wagon is equipped with a portable transmitter. Mm. Um, and he begins to um, give a play-by-play of what he's seeing, not realizing it's going to go on for, for more than, a, than an hour and a half. Um, and so that his play-by-play, his, his voiceover, becomes the narration of the event. Um, and he gets pretty close to the action. Like you said, at one point he's interviewing a law student mm. um, out the window of this car, and, and he tells the law student, you better duck down because they're very much within the potential line of fire at that point. Um, it was that radio report that, that really served as, as, a, as a tremendous research tool and, and a lot of the basis for the telling that we did. I've got goosebumps just remembering it again, because it's, it is such an incredible document uh, of that event where you hear this guy talking and you can hear the shots just ringing off um, in the background. Let's go back a bit, Keith. What have you done before this, and what was the decision to tell this story? Well, I've always been a filmmaker, um, and I had made, before Tower, I'd, I'd only made one previous documentary of my own, um, but I'd worked for other filmmakers for about 10 years. Mm. And uh, and so I uh, I was 
trained and, and, and kind of began my career in New York City, um, and, uh, which is why I still have a New York cell phone. Um, I see. But, right. Uh, You're tricking us. Clever. I moved back to Austin, Texas about 10 years ago to make my first documentary, um, which is about blind teenagers. And okay. so it's a very different kind of film. Yeah. Um, and it was while I was making that film that an article came out. It was the 40th anniversary of the tower shooting in 2006. And this article uh, in a magazine called Texas Monthly was an oral history of that day. Uh, and in that oral history, a, a couple dozen people who were on campus that day recounted their stories. And some of the stories that are in the film um, were, were in that article, including Claire, the pregnant woman mm. you already mentioned. Um, and it was while I was reading that article that I started to see the film coming into shape. And I realized I wanted to explore the story. I wanted to go back to the way I felt when I was a seventh grader hearing about it for the first time. I wanted to go back to the way I felt when I went to the University of Texas and I was always so frustrated that this history didn't have a, a place of prominence. Mm. Um, you know, there wasn't a memorial on campus. There wasn't uh, an annual ceremony recognizing that day. It wasn't something that was taught to incoming freshmen as a part of orientation just to say, um, you know, this, this, this tragedy took place here on the grounds of this place where you're going to spend the next four years ideally becoming, you know, uh, maturing and growing and learning. Um, and, and, and that bothered me because this is the kind of thing that helps you mature and grow and learn is to live through and survive. And, and if you're lucky enough not to have to witness something like this, to get a chance to learn about it through the people who did. And, uh, and so it was 11 years ago in 2006 when I decided to make the film, but, uh, but because I was already making a film at the time, I had to put it off for a while and I chose instead to uh, to try and release it for the 50th anniversary of the shooting, which was, you know, just last year. Mm. And were people happy to um, share their stories with you? The reason I ask that is because there's that wonderful moment when um, one of the people who got shot was a young lad um, delivering papers on his bike. And he had his younger cousin, I think it was, on the bike with him. And there's a wonderful moment in the film where you both of them survived and you see the two of them now and the younger cousin says, we've never spoken about this. We've never once talked about this. And I wondered if there was a reluctance for people of that generation, of that area of America, to kind of be open and, and share that experience with others. Well, I think there very much was a reluctance for the society here in Texas at that time to really engage with this story the way people might today. Mm. Um, and, and so for, for dozens of years, for decades, um, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a story that was, was told very in, depth, in very in-depth ways and in very personal ways. Um, but by the time I got around to it, you know, just five or six years ago where I started reaching out to these folks, um, what I found was, Many of these people who had kept this inside all these years were, in fact, eager to share their story um, and eager to explore their own feelings because, um, because they had kept it inside and yeah. because they didn't know who to share it with. Um, you know, Claire, who's very much at the center of our film, um, the pregnant woman, when I called her, she was the very first person I talked to because um, I knew the film would, would begin and end with her story. It's, it's such an intense mm. personal story. 
And, uh, and I was really nervous reaching out to her. You know, when you call someone out of the blue and say, hey, I want to talk about the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a lovely line, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I had an idea about turning it into an animation, um, which would also, you know, potentially be off-putting um, to, you know, to someone like that. So I was really nervous and I tried to be really sensitive. But what I discovered was really on the first call with Claire, she said, um, I'm so glad you want to talk about this because my whole life I've been trying to understand this better and nobody wants to talk about it with me, not my friends, not wow. my family. Um, and, you know, it's funny, uh, I think about that, that kind of famous British poster that's, that's been kicking around the last couple of years, uh, Keep Calm and Carry On. Oh, yes. Um, you know, I think that was very much that stoic attitude. Yeah. Um, that, you know, the people who were in charge of the university, the people in charge of the government here in Austin at that time were mostly World War II um, survivors. And, uh, and that generation, you know, very much had that mindset. Um, I don't think that the, that's really particularly good advice. No. Um, and, and so we got the chance to kind of dip into these, this history and, and to ask people to share their stories. And you see in the film, you know, these people are just as emotional um, today about this issue because in some ways they're, they're really revisiting um, this tragedy in, in a very visceral way. The animation is stunning. And it, it took me two or three minutes, Keith, to get it. The, f- the first couple of minutes I'm thinking, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then it clicked. And then it, I got it. And um, I, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought it was stunning. I thought it was great the way that you you could give the impression that we were hearing the stories from, you know, the kids that this happened to, the the 20, 25, 30-year-olds this was happening to. How did you... Why did you decide to do the animation? Well, a number of reasons. I mean, one of the main ones, as you just said, is that I did want... I wanted this to be an immersive experience. I wanted people to feel like they were there and that they were there not just um, looking back at a thing that happened 50 years ago, but that this thing was happening all around them. Mm. And that style of animation allows you to kind of transcend time um, and to present kind of an, an altered reality, um, recognizing that the entire film is, is made up of memory. You know, it's all first-person um, memories. There's no, you know, journalist or historian or researcher looking back and telling us what facts they'd uncovered. It's all first-person, um, you know, perspectives and interviews. But I also really wanted to make sure that we could place people authentically within the space that the shooting happened. Mm. And, uh, and I was aware that the university would not allow us to film recreations on campus. So rather than trying to film live-action recreations in some other location that wasn't authentic, um, the animation allowed us to not only transcend time, but to transcend geography. Wow, clever. So it looks like we're on campus, but in in actuality, you know, that's a a trick of the animation. Um, And I don't want to give away too much about what else we get from the animation and and some of the people that we meet now, but some of the reveals along the way just had me, you know, my stomach was in my throat with some of them. Some really amazing stories throughout this film of individual accounts 
of bravery. You know, people, people terrified and people, you know, rightfully hiding and protecting themselves, which is, of course, is natural. But some amazing stories of people just going above and beyond. There's the young lady who, um, because Claire, the pregnant lady, is, is kind of in the middle of the square and everyone can see her, but everyone knows if they go out to help her, then they're going to be shot. And there's a wonderful young lady that goes and lies down next to Claire in the boiling heat and just talks to her. And then there's that wonderful bit when those two kids, the chess-playing kids, they're kind of looking on and they go, we can't take this anymore. And they rush out and they pick her up. And it's just... It's breathtaking, and there's you, you, again. There's the wonderful animation. There's a wonderful bit of news footage of them as well, with the kids' glasses falling off, and it is a real. It was. It was. It was so well told, Keith. That you you played those moments of humanity so subtly and so brilliantly. Um, that you should be very proud of those bits in particular. I think. Well, I really appreciate that. You know, it was the the redheaded. Um, co-ed, the young woman who runs out and lays down next to Claire, her name was Rita she is the reason I made the film it was when I was reading and, and that moment is described in the article um, and if anybody's interested the article's available online, it's called uh, the name of it is 96 Minutes it's a Texas Monthly article by Pamela Koloff I'm going to find and, it and I'm going to tweet it yeah, it's great and, and it was while I was reading that article, like I said that the, I was imagining so much of, of what ended up in the film but it was that moment when Claire is out there, as you said, completely vulnerable, conscious, in pain, exposed to the heat, exposed to the sniper, and, and with thousands of eyes on her. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody is, knows what to do. Um, nobody can take action. And then suddenly this redheaded student comes running out and lays down next to her. And when I got to that and I read that, I thought, that's the most humanely brave thing mm. I've ever heard of. Mm. And Isn't I've it? never seen it in, you know, like I said, in Texas history class, we watched a lot of John Wayne movies, um, a lot of cowboys and Indians. You know, there's a lot of brave acts of macho heroism yeah. that have happened in, in, in this place I live called Texas um, and beyond. And yet I'd never seen a story that focused on the brave action of an 18-year-old girl mm. who, who just risks her life to offer compassion. Um, and that compassion is what saved Claire's life. I'm mm. sure of it. Mm. Um, and then absolutely the two boys who rescue her, Artley and James, um, you know, just, just two goofy kids. That <laughs> they are. Themselves. And there's that brilliant bit where he, he says, and as I was coming down the stairs, carrying, and my glasses started falling off and there's the news footage and you can see his glasses falling off. You're thinking, Oh, poor kid. They were kids. They were kids. Yeah. That's right. And that's the thing is like this story. Yes, this happened in Austin, Texas in 1966. But this exact same story has happened time and time again. Mm. You know, last summer in France, in Nice, when that when there was that truck attack, Mm. um, I guarantee you when, you know, that that terrible action took place and dozens of people ran for their lives and they hid. and, And like you said, rightly so, protected themselves. But I guarantee there were also kids and cops and reporters and a pregnant woman that, you know, every facet of humanity is tested in these big public tragedies. Um, and, and that's why I wanted to tell this story 
you know, even though it happened 50 years ago, it plays out again and again. Yeah. Here in the, here in the States, it happens with these mass shooting incidents. In the Middle East, it happens with suicide bombers. Throughout the world, it's been happening more and more, mm. you know, for different reasons. Um, but our film isn't about the ideology of the killer or the motivations of the killer. It's about surviving, and it's about carrying this trauma with you for the rest of your life. And it's really interesting you say that. You're right, because y- you don't really explore the person that did it. He's not the star of the film. It's everybody else is the star of the film. The cops that go up the tower, the people that, that, that go and help Claire. Or Claire, you know, it, though, though, that's what the film is about. And it makes it a much more human story, I think, as a result. Um, it, it, it's, it's out on DVD now, isn't it? It is. It's out on DVD and Blu-ray. What um, else is on there? What's on there that's not that you're not going to get if you watch it on Netflix? There's a bunch of great stuff on there. There's, you know, so Tower focuses on eight main characters, um, which is, uh, and it jumps from character to character. On the Blu-ray and DVD, there are um, ten miniature documentaries about each of those characters, oh, wow. and then two, you know, the eight characters, and then the son of Alan Crum, who is a, a bookstore manager who ends up, um, you know, assisting the police and, and gets deputized at the last minute. Is he the fella that um, leans around the corner and flips the bird to the gunman? That's right. I love that That's guy right. <laughs> because he's getting shot at, so he goes from behind the pillar and just sticks his finger up at him. I love that guy. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, so he passed away before we had a chance um, to, to ever interview him, um, but we spent some time with his son, who's, who's an adult you know, today, and was alive when this happened 50 years ago, wow. and he talks about the impact of the shooting on his father. Wow. Um, we also talked to the daughter of Houston McCoy, who's one of the police officers, mm. um, and, and she went on to become a police officer here in Austin herself. Um, wow. And so there's a great little piece with her. There's also a, um, a bunch of, uh, of great video looks behind the animation that shows the way the animation was built. Yeah. And, uh, and the, you know, because it's rotoscopic animation, there are actually, you know, there are actors underneath the animation. Mm. Every character is portrayed by, by a young actor. Um, and then through thousands of man hours, you know, we painstakingly painted uh the those beautiful animations um but the so we have these pieces that show that process and then we also um when the film came out here first in austin at at south by southwest film festival Mm. and and other film festivals around the states we um we did a lot of q a's with myself and my producing team and the animators as well as the real life um, subjects of the film, Claire and the radio reporter Neil Spells and Ray Martinez, the police officer. And so we filmed those Q&As and, and kind of cut together um, about a 15-minute Q&A segment okay. that allows audiences to kind of answer a lot of the questions that people tend to want to ask mm. after they've seen the film. And is there, Keith, is there, is there a website that, that, that people should go to if they want to fi- read a little bit more about the film? That's right. It's uh, it's TowerDocumentary.com. TowerDocumentary.com. What's next? What are you working on now? Well, I'm working on two projects. Uh, I've got another documentary um, that uh, looks at a, a very different kind of story. It tells the story of a, of a hippie millionaire 
1970 who inherited $25 million Gosh. and decided to give it all away. Wow. Uh, it, uh, it's got a lot of ups and downs. It actually caused his undoing and, uh, and is, it has its own um, kind of tragedy built into it, but is also very inspiring. Um, and then I'm also uh, writing a, a script right now um, to, uh, to write and direct a, a feature film that looks critically at um, United States counterintelligence um, agencies after 9/11, and uh, and that's a that's a different kind of story as well. But but I'd say all three films, you know, kind of juggle tragedy yeah. and inspiration. Yeah. And um, and 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 at the heart of of the type of storytelling that I love the most is is always a, a very human core. Keith, they sound brilliant, man. Um, Let us know when they're ready to go and come on and have a chat about them, please. That sounds great. Nice one, Keith. I really appreciate it. And and again, Tower is um, absolutely stunning, man. Thanks very much for making it and coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Cheers. That's Keith Maitland. Um, Tower, it's on DVD. It's on Blu-ray. If you don't fancy shelling out for it and you've got Netflix, it's on Netflix. And it is absolutely, honestly... It's it's just stunning. It's just stunning. I mean, such an amazing story. Right, onwards and upwards, dear listener. Your calls, if you will be so bold, please. 0344 499 Don't forget to tick your Rage Our Diaries. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So I've um, been getting the train into work and the, uh, 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 a cab home. I drove in tonight. First time I drove, and it's a couple of weeks. I drove, but it, it means I've been um, um, privy to other people's um, radio listening habits in the back of these cabs. And last night I heard it. I heard it. I heard the thing that everyone's been talking about. I heard it. it goes like this. She plays the fiddle in an Irish band. She fell in love with an English man. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. It was, and it's as it's as bad as everybody says it is. The people saying that Galway Girl by um, Ed Sheeran is the worst thing to happen to Ireland since the potato famine. She fell, played a fiddle in an Irish band, but she fell in love with an English man. And then the the, the pipes come in. If you if you were thinking right, I know what. Now we want to do a piss take Irish song, right? But it's like proper piss take. We want to go full in, right? I want um the I want the the fiddly diddly d beat. I want um the pipes. I want all of that stuff. Uh, and that would be Galway Girl. I have never. I still don't think Ed Sheeran sounds like what Ed Sheeran looks like. That's not his voice. And I heard him talking as well today on something else. I'd never heard him talk. Oh, that's it. He's on, He's going to be on Desert Island Discs. Um, uh, What's going to be your luxury item? A wig. Um, he's, it, his voice doesn't... And uh, listen, hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. You know, when I sell... 50 million records, then I'll all be thumbing my nose at you guys and laughing. As it is, I only managed to get to number 32 in the iTunes dance chart for half an hour. But Galway Girl by Ed Sheeran. Um, uh, 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 um, it really is. 
<laughs> Wowzers. Uh, Dave's texted in, what was the name of the film you were talking about? Tower. Tower on Netflix. Tower. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. You can call in about Tower. You can call in about pretty much anything. Um, now, let me ask a question of the production team. Eye contact. Good. What's the reason we couldn't talk about voting yesterday because of the election that's going on today? So after 11 o'clock, can we talk about voting? Look at you. You don't look at you. You're going to hedge. You're going to hedge. Now, don't type on the screen. Get, 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 on the, get on the microphone, Catherine. Get on the microphone. Get on the microphone. Come on. Do you, do you remember... Do you remember what used to happen at the BBC? And I remember we... James Whale got sacked once. Right, okay, so listen. For okay. telling people who to if, vote If for. we mention one party, yeah. we have to mention them all. Okay. Right, in the run-up to the, the uh, general uh, election. And we, but, but, do, but, but when do, has that period yeah. started? Yeah. Right, okay. Okay, fine, you can do that. Oh, God. You can do that. Cause, but we can't, do, we can't even have this conversation until 11. Good. So that's bad production. Um, speaking of bad production, someone put this Muppet through. Good evening, Philip. Good evening, Ian. A very quick call this evening. I bet it's not. I uh, actually sent you an email about... They made a film for yeah. television yes. called The Deadly Tower. Uh-oh. And it was the, the story of what you've just been talking oh. about. And it starred Kurt Russell. Oh! And it caused a lot of controversy. I don't think it was ever shown in this country, mm. but it was shown in America. Why did it cause controversy? Well, because of the subject matter. They felt it was bad taste. Cause oh, I think come it was, on. It, America, the Americans love bad taste. Well, exactly. But, um, you know, as I say, I just didn't know whether you'd... I switched in... Have you in seen late. it? No, I haven't. I tuned in late, what? and as I wasn't sure whether you'd brought that into what? your discussion about it with your... No, uh, with I your did guests. not. I didn't want to raise any no. controversial subjects. And also, yes. uh, there was a, a film that sort of... Um, um, very, very similar. A film made by... You know, you know Peter Bogdanovich? Um, the film director. He did The Last Picture Show. Um, and um, What's Up, Doc? with Ryan O'Neill. And anyway... He did a film called Targets. Have, have you got a cold, Philip? You're sounding very yeah, nasally. I a, yeah, I've got a bit of a cold, yeah. yes. I've had tonsillitis. Yeah, I heard about that. i tell you what, Ian, and this is not a joke. Go on. If I've got a sore throat, yeah. i tell you what I'd like. And honestly, as I say, this isn't a joke. A tin of sardines what? with vegetable oil. You, dis- you dirty old no, man. No, no. no that it, is it's very good for your throat. No! Is, honestly... Seriously. But anyway, getting back to targets, uh, it was a film made by Peter Bogdanovich. He, he had some, he had this film set up, and Roger Corman, yes. he, he was owed some films from uh, Boris Karloff. Yes. So Boris Karloff appears in the film, and it's the story of a man who is uh, a sniper, oh. and he's doing the people in the cinema. He's doing the people in the cinema. Yes. Sni- oh, wait, hang on a minute. How is he sniping someone in a cinema? Well, I'll be truthful, I've not seen that either. Well, because you can't snipe someone, because sniping you've got to do from half a mile away. Well, as I say, I can't snipe someone in a cinema. Well, as I say, that is the story. No, I don't like the story. Tim O'Kelly, Boris Karloff, and it's it's what you call, it's, um, I don't know, Cult is the wrong word, but I suppose it is a cult. Well, well, no, listen, when, when people say something is a cult. Yeah. Um, it means it sounds rubbish. Yeah. And not many people have watched it. Uh, well, it was, I think it was a, um, let's say it was a minor film that became very, not popular, that's the wrong word, but, um, you, I think you know what I mean. You want to say cult? 
Cult, yeah. That means it was rubbish. <laughs> but as I say, no, 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 no. Everybody who's reviewed it said Philip, it's a very good film. Philip, you lied to me. Oh, did I? Oh, you I, said this would be a short call. Oh, can I just say one final thing while I go... Go, I go on, then, the Philip. Well, sorry. Go on. Oh, you're talking about Irish songs? Yes. What about Peter Sellers and the drop of the hard stuff? Thank you very much indeed. I have no idea what that means. Um, we were talking about the accents, doing the accents yesterday, the other day. And I'm kind of half decided that I'm going to start doing the accents. I'm going to start doing the accents. And, um, because I don't think there's anything offensive about the accents. And I'm, when I do the accents, um, I'm not doing it in, a, I'm not doing it to be racist. I'm not doing it to, to be racist. Of course, Peter Sellers was always doing the accents, wouldn't he? Oh, goodness gracious me. Now, I'm doing an Indian accent and it's all right because I'm doing Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers, one of his greatest films was The Party, where he plays an inept Indian actor. Birdie num nums. Incredible. Um, oh, doctor, I'm in trouble. Well, goodness gracious me. Because every time a certain man is standing next to me, my heart begins to race. And my eye begins to race. It goes bumberdy 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 bum bum bum. Now, what's wrong with that? Of course, Spike Milligan was in a sitcom with Eric Sykes. Remember this? Curry and Chips. Spike Milligan was the Indian fella. Eric Sykes, though, was a big fan of Rhodesia. So, yeah. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Just um, been sent a uh, video by my wife, who knows what I like and how I like it. This. Oh, I got a second. Let's get it. Let's get it to the beginning. Here we go. This. This is. Uh, this is going to be classic. Sit back, dear listener, and enjoy. Now what? Here we go. Seven years live at the Summertime Ball. Once I was seven years old, my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old. Yeah. It was a big, big world, but we thought we were bigger, pushing each other to the limits. We were learning quick. Hang on a minute, it's, it's got to be done, and it? it's got to be. Andy, show and channel. Sorry, what? Yes. Um. No. Oh. No. Can you um? Can you give me um? Can you give me four minutes and twenty nine seconds? Yeah. Anytime. Is that all right? Yeah. All right, buddy, stay there. <clears throat> hang on a second. Let's skip past this ad. This Trading is no whoa, longer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on it. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Here we go. Here we go. Hang on. Ooh, oh, 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 One 
Since I was seven years old, my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old, and I'm doing this with the tonsillitis. It was a big, big world, but we thought we were bigger. Pushing each other to the limits, we were learning quicker. By eleven, smoking herb and drinking burning liquor. Never rich, so we were out to make that steady figure. Once I was eleven years old, my daddy told me, Go get yourself a wife or you'll be lonely. Once I was eleven years old. Can I just say, any eleven-year-olds listening, don't. Don't go and get a wife too young, too young. I always had that dream like my daddy before me. So I started writing songs, I started writing stories. Something about that glory just always seemed to bore me. Cause only those I really love will ever really know me. Once I was 20 years old, my story got told before the morning sun when life was lonely. Once I was 20 years old. Hang on, Andy, mate. You- don't interrupt, buddy, please. Okay, sorry. Thank you. It's okay. Just thank you. <clears throat> I only see my goals. I don't believe in failure. Because I know the smallest voices, they can make it major. I got my boys with me, at least those in favour. And if we don't meet before I leave, I hope I see you later. Once I was 20 years old, my story got told. I was writing about everything I saw before me. Once I was 20 years old. Birdie num nums. I soon will be 30 years old. Our songs have been sold. We've travelled around the world and we're still roaming. Soon we'll be 30 years old. I bloody hell. I'm still learning about life My woman brought children for me So I can sing them all my songs And tell them crappy stories Most of my boys are with me Some are still out seeking glory And some I had to leave behind My brother, I'm still sorry Soon I'll be 60 years old My daddy got 61 Remember life and then your life Becomes a better one So I made a man so happy When I wrote the letter once I hope my children come I visit once or twice a month Soon I'll be 60 years old Will I think the world is cold Or will I have a lot of children Who can warm me Soon I'll be 60 years old Yeah Oh, yeah Soon I'll be 60 years old Will I think the world is cold Or will I have a lot of children Who can come and warm me Soon I'll be 60 years old Once I was seven years old, my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old. Once I was seven years old. Yes, Andy. For a new song, that's quite good, isn't it? Thank you very much indeed. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song, and it's a beautiful performance of a beautiful song. And I think, if anything, the uh, tonsillitis has made my voice even smoother. 
It enhanced it. It has, and, hasn't it? And here's the fun thing that you won't uh, um, know because you can't see what's happening here. But whenever I sing a song uh, on the radio, I do my best to maintain eye contact with my producer, Catherine Boyle, because she mm. is literally dying inside. <laughs> she is dying. Is this from embarrassment? Or yes. Oh, no, she thinks she embarrassment and shame. Oh, God, she hates it. Really? Well, she hates it, Andy. And you know, I have to—I have to tell you, mate, that that doing that when, when you that, that rendition, you travelled many countries. Yes, yeah, many countries, many time zones, many, many ages, many genres. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a Renaissance man, Andy. I'm I'm the, <laughs> the, the Jimmy Nail for the 21st century. I'll tell you a funny story about having the flu. Yes, I've, I've got it as well, Ian. I'm afraid I haven't got the flu. Um, well, you know, the, the cold thing. And I haven't got a cold. I've got tonsillitis. Oh, you've got... To- okay, well, I've got, I've got something to do with a cold and a throat and all that at the same time. It's not the same thing. But go on, go on. Isn't it? Well, no, let's not fall not out of it. It's not as bad as yours, is it? No, well, no, it's not. Cold is not as bad as tonsillitis. Mm. What the hell are you talking about? Proper, like, proper diagnosed tonsillitis. Yes, mate. I've got penicillin. Have you got that stuff? Yes, mate. I've got. I went wow. to the doctor. They diagnosed it. I got. I was. I don't know what I did last week. I thought the cat that was in the bedroom with me was the cat that died when I was eleven. Oh, so delirious and everything. Yes, mate. Have you not Fantastic. been listening to Fantastic. anything? Fantastic. It was. Yeah. And they it was give awesome. you. And they give you to combat it. They give you the the. The very first um, antibiotic ever invented, and it still works. Yeah, it's, I know and that, and that I've now because mine is like o- o- oxy oxymena something penicillin, right? So, but yeah. pen, it's penicillin. So, pen, it's penicillin. But it's penicillin is penicillin is penicillin. Why are there different strands of it, and why do we not? Because no one says penicillin. Everyone says antibiotics. And so, oxacillin and all this stuff. Yeah. So basically, they're giving you they're giving you bread mold, and it fixes stuff. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. The fellow that oh. that that um, discovered that it's just a shame that no one remembers his name because he's he should be a legend. But well, he's it, lost. It was a woman, wasn't it? Yeah, probably Marie Curie. I think yeah. probably um, yeah. lost to the mysteries of time. No, it was um, yeah. Biro. It was um, uh, 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 Abigail Biro. That was it. Yes. No, it was, it was James Watts. Wasn't that's it? it. That's it. Yes. Anyway, Andy, you got to tell me a story about your your cold. Well, no, it's not really. No, it's just when you're talking about that James Sheeran song. Yes. Ed, you know, I live in Ireland. Ed Sheeran, right? Whatever his name is, yeah, him. Yes. Is he that ginger-haired bloke? Yeah, I'm getting some rather abusive. Let's listen to this text we've just had in Andy from someone called Ribble Wibble, who, who, who tweet is a tweet. Monumentally tedious crap singing. Hope others enjoyed it. I turned off. Big mistake. What the hell? What on earth? You, well, first of all, you haven't turned off. You're still listening. No, obviously, you're still listening. Let, also, so. listen, if we go, look, we could do this and we can see all the other tweets they've sent, right? Let's, look at this. Right. Look at this. So, yesterday they sent a tweet. I love Catherine and Ian, superb people, right? <laughs> and tonight. I'm in bed with talk radio and two small leopards are kissing my nose. Well, a, a sexual deviant. Um, mm-hmm. On drugs. Well, I couldn't possibly comment. Um, mm. It's a bank holiday. Let's put a twat on. It's ridiculous rubbish. So this person is... That's incisive criticism, isn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> they swing from loving the show, which is the correct answer, to hating mm. the show, which is the incorrect mm. answer. Exactly. 
Anyway, good good for them. Anyway, Andy, yes, continue a Vucivu yeah, play. This, this, this Ed Sheeran is Ed Sheeran's that ginger man, isn't it? Uh, uh, yes, yes, he is, yes. Um, but see, I live in Ireland, right? Oh. I'm live from Ireland right now. And contrary to what Ed Sheeran appears to believe and what EastEnders uh, famously portrayed a couple of years ago... Oh, the donkey's walking down the street. Yeah, we have electricity here. She plays a fiddle in an Irish band, but she fell in love with an Englishman. (laughs) Yeah, we have electricity. Donkeys don't walk down the streets, you know. You know, we have telephones, we have internet. You know, it's not actually very difficult, very different rather than, than... than a lot of parts of the UK. Wowzers, that, that really is... It's not... You know, it's, I know it's an amazing concept, but Ireland is only 100 miles from England. Well, 100 miles, but yet several hundred light years. Oh, yeah. Stuck in the past, mate. Isn't it, Joe? I never, do you know, I've never been to Ireland. I'd like to go one day, but I'd, but I'd need a really good reason. I couldn't be bothered to go just for, well, just for the crack. Um, although well, I hear the crack mate, over there is excellent. you have an open invitation to come over to my house, right? And sit here in, in my house of an evening, of a sunny evening, and look out over the river and I, the mountains. I'm going to cut you off now because you're sounding weird. Um, speaking of that, Catherine, get onto that microphone, please, and um, tell the listeners what delights we've got on tomorrow's show. The guest. Did you just ask about? Tell the listeners what delights we've got on tomorrow's show. On tomorrow's show, we've got the producer of many classic records, including ones by the Kinks and that. Called he, Sh- he produced Waterloo Sunset and My Generation by the Who. Uh, Shell. Shell tell me. Shell tell me. Yeah, and he's um, no, going to not... be live from America. That's that's but that's what, what, there's, there's tomorrow's show is a ve- hey thanks cool guy. Um, oh oh look at that's nice from um, my friend Alex Lowe. That's his nice little. Uh, he said, Listen to this. Look, but blimey, I read I'll read this. Pete and Dud, unseen on BBC Four. Peter circa 1975 reminds me of you. Oh. Eh? Uh, no, but we're, we're very special location tomorrow, and I realise we haven't really oh, bigged yeah. this up at all. We're going to um, Worsley, Greater Manchester. Okie dokie. Now, Worsley is next to the place where I spent a lot of my, well, not very much of my childhood, until I was ten. Walkden, I was from. Walkden. Okay, that's not really interesting. And my mum used to say we were from Worsley because Worsley's well posh. Okay, that's again, that's not really interesting. Well, that's what's going to happen. We're, we're going to go there. Yes. What's the name of the fella? John. Okay. He's got cats. Yep. We're going in his house. Yes. We're going to use his Wi-Fi. <laughs> I think he's going to use his wife. <laughs> we're going to use his wife, and um, we're going to and we're going to do it from his his. Um... I'm hoping sitting room. It'd be weird <laughs> if he puts us in his bedroom. <laughs> But I'll, I'll pretend we're not bothered. Now, is he going to... Who was the young lady? Was it Sophie? Sophie Sarah, yes. Sophie Sarah, we did it from her house in Edinburgh. Yes. And then we never... Heard, she Then she stopped she, listening. She pops up now and again. Not for a not... For a, she sent us some chocolate after and then she disappeared. I've seen her on the periscope. We didn't... We, we, we didn't, like, do a... We didn't abuse her, did we? We didn't do... No. You know, we did, I used her bathroom several times, but it was clean when I entered and clean when I left. I can't think of any... Re- she was a regular contributor to the show. I mean, this John fella, we've never... I've got no idea. I, he may not even listen to the mm. show. I, I, I mean, that's a, I'm, that's a distinct possibility. I'm, I'm pre- expecting to rock up and he go, oh, it's you, is it? I would, yeah. No, I, I didn't. I don't listen. No, he's well keen. Too keen is my... Uh, we're going to text the address to all of the listeners yeah. 
So that if we're not uh, back in our hotel rooms by half past one, then they'll send the police round. Well, my family's within, you know, spitting distance. Obviously not they in They probably will be spitting. Well, exactly. I, I'll just tell, like, our Christine, our Jackie, our Ellen, our Stephen, our Rachel, our Gareth. They'll all come round my bandit if we need them. Could you get me a glass of ice-cold water, please? Is this conversation over? Yes. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. One hour down, two hours to go. We're taking a leisurely stroll through effed up Britain. And boy, oh boy, isn't it effed up at the moment. Everybody hates everybody else. And ev- I'm, it, oh, I'm ashamed to be British. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Guys, don't forget to tick your Rage Our Diaries. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk radio. Yeah, I never thought you'd sound like that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. Now listen, the first caller of the next hour is going to be Paul from Stoke Poges. You can stop that happening by ringing now. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Who has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Prince Philip this, Prince Philip that, bloody hell Prince Philip, bloody hell Prince... Flipping heck. Uh, I mean, because uh, I was asleep this morning, so I missed. Apparently, it was trending on Twitter that either he or the Queen were dead, right? And I think the Sun published on their website that he died for for a short time. They had that up as a thing on the the Sun website, and it was all this because um, all of the royal staff have been summoned to Buckingham Palace, so they all came from Balmoral, and all the world went to everyone's go. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And the announcement, that Prince Philip's going to resign. What now? Uh, August. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just we've come from Balmoral for this. We thought one of you was dead. No, oh, no, no, no. We're not dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, you going to cover our trains and hotels? No, no, no. Right. So we got to pay for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he's retiring. You flashback. It, honestly, and the the other radio station that I, and I, I was reading today actually, LBC is closing down very soon, which is which is sad news. Um, just ask Beverly Turner. Um, it is uh, that, that it was like that, that it was like a fifteen hour Prince Philip sex fest. Honest, it was all Prince. Um, Prince Philip's a great guy, and his gaffes about the slitty eyes, and oh, he's a really actually he's a great guy, and he is a true testament to um, uh, what the world was like before political correctness got its politically correct claws in, and people could say they thought, and actually he's a really hardworking guy, and actually he's whatever. It's Prince Philip. It's the Duke of Edinburgh. Who who, who really? really cares i don't care and i quite like the royal family okay i shouldn't but i've got a bit of a soft spot for the royal family i have okay i think that that they're all right um but even i thought once i heard the prince philip news it's like all right and all everyone was leading with it. We lead. It's the lead. St- Prince Philip tomorrow. Front pages of tomorrow's newspapers. It'll be Prince Philip. Guarantee it. Prince Philip. Prince Philip. Ninety-five. Stepping down. Marvelous. What? What? I. Don't, 
I, I, on, can someone, 0344 499 can someone please explain to me why this is such a big story? Because I don't get it. And here's the thing, having worked at the BBC for a bit with people that, that thought they were, they knew news, right? People that thought they knew news. They would quite often lead with a story and I'd be scratching my head going, well, I don't understand why that's, I don't understand why that's a story. And certainly not why that's story number one and not story number three. And it's just, there is someone somewhere uh, high up, right, at the head of the BBC and the head of Sky, and they decide what the important stories are. And that gets filtered through. So all the chains of command at the BBC. So someone at the head of the BBC, and that gets filtered through to the big news, and then that gets filtered through to the radio, and that gets filtered through to the local radio. And you, those are the important stories. And the number of times... Let's look at the front pages of the newspaper, shall we? And let's see if these are important stories. I'm not, I don't know what they are, so let's have a look. Uh, Daily Express. Uh, oh, all of the papers. All of, here we go, here we go, perfect example. All of the front papers. The Daily Express, the Mail, uh, the Mirror, the Sun, the Mail haven't got it, and the Star have all got, taken a big part of the front page, Brad Pitt used to drink a lot. What? Yeah, Brad Pitt used to be a boozer, like Angelina says, boozer. What? That's, that is taken up a third, sometimes a half, of the front page. You know that's not an important story, don't you? You know that's not an important story. Um, well, okay, the Express don't meddle in our election. It's Theresa May talking. Um, it's, okay, so it's, it's all, it's all... There we go. It's all Europe. Here we go. The, the, the front page of the Express, the front page of the Sun, the front page of the Mail, um, uh, are all about the general election and about, but about Europe and Brexit. I suppose you could argue it's kind of important, but Brexit isn't going to happen for two years, guys. Um, the front page of the Star, cops talk stress footy ace back from brink. Okay, so there's a there's a football player who was was mentally ill. It's really sad. Is it important? I don't. I don't. Ah, oh, man, alive! What the hell is going on? Yes, Paul. Hi, right. It's not the original reason I've called in tonight, but you just made me think. I would only no, I call didn't. in once tonight. But my what you just made me think is twenty four hour BBC News or Sky News. They will report on things and send up a helicopter if someone drops a flipping bit of chewing gum on the on a high street of Leicester on the pavement. Wh- when did that happen, Paul? No, I'm saying it hasn't happened, but it will happen because they report on rubbish most of the time. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's just what. Anyway, good good point, like, well made, Rory Bremner. You like, you like playing music? No, I didn't get it from Rory Bremner. I don't like Rory Bremner. No, I know um, it's just quite clever. Okay. The, oh, you like play, hey, you like... hey, someone, um, someone had a go at me on Twitter because of you. Oh, what have I done now? No, they said I was bullying and taking the pee out of vulnerable callers. And then they cited you as an example I of a vulnerable call caller. 
No, I wouldn't call myself vulnerable. I find that offensive. Exactly! He was saying, your, your show's really mean, and all you do is bully and take the pee out of vulnerable callers, like that fella talking about the strawberry milkshake. Well, I thought that was good. I, I bet you tried it, didn't you? No, I didn't. But I don't, I don't like strawberry. I like their vanilla milkshakes. Okay, try the vanilla McDonald's milkshake. I bet it flipping work, might work. But the it's point, just an idea. But the point was, he was say, saying that I was bullying you and, point two, that you are vulnerable. Well, you got that on a tweet, did you? Yes, I did, mate. This is why I don't use Twitter, because I'm not vulnerable. No, of course not. I might be a bit touched, but I'm not vulnerable. I mean, you're, yeah, you're thick. No, I'm not thick. Oh. Stupid? No, I'm as thick as a vanilla McDonald's milkshake. There we go. They're very, very thick. Okay, the yes. reason I found out, you like playing songs on your radio show, yeah? And you were talking about Ed Sheeran and Irish songs. Now, I bet you have the power to look this up and play it. A song by a band called Show of Hands, the song called The Galway Farmer. Why would I play? Why would I play that? Because it has to do with Irish people, and it's a good Irish song that is written by a band called Show of Hands. Okay. It has to do with Irish people saving all their money, farmers coming across from Ireland, going to Cheltenham races. You you look it up and play it, and um, you'll understand why. I am I am I am not going to do that. Okay, finally, can I set a subject up for subject up tonight for people to try and call in for? Please do, please do, Paul. Okay. Famous footballers' names crossed with food. All right, hang on a minute. Kevin Goulash. Yeah, okay, I'll give... Paul? Paul? Paul, where have you gone? He's gone. Well, who's Kevin Goulash? (laughs) Why would you accept Kevin Goulash? Um, 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 what's the name of the, um, uh, uh, um, oh, let me think of one. David Beckham and Eggs. Yeah, that's good. Well, Cheryl Baker had a kids cookery show called Baker and Eggs. Why did they do a pun? Why did they make a name try and sound like bacon when it's already a cookery word? It's baker. Why did they not just focus on that? Um, um, let me think. I can't think of any footballers. I'm struggling to think of a football man. Um, mm, uh, Paul, you're calling back in. Hello. Peter Strudel. Benteke Fried Chicken, Harry Sugarcane, Malcolm McDonald's, Francis Lee House, name of everyone's local Chinese restaurant. Okay, literally no idea who any of those people were, but that sounds like a lot of fun. And um, uh, if you want to play that game at home, guys, uh, then keep playing it at home. Oh... Three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. So as well as doing. Um, 
Tomorrow night's show from the house of a bloke called John. On Saturday, we are, Catherine and I will be staying in Manchester and doing the Rabbit Hole, uh, recording the Rabbit Hole podcast. We will be recording three or four episodes of it over the space of an evening. There are five tickets left that we simply cannot shift. Five bloody tickets left, for God's sakes. Take those five tickets. Uh, we're also going back uh, to Manchester on July the 29th, I think it is, for the uh, the Manchester Fringe. And uh, we're record- we'll be doing a rabbit hole in the afternoon. So instead of the evening, it'll be the afternoon. And tickets are only a tenner. I'll be honest, we've sold three. We've sold three tickets for that one. I, you know, come on, guys, don't let us down. If you want tickets for either this Saturday in Manchester or Saturday, July the 29th in Manchester... Then uh, the place to go is ticketsource.co.uk slash Ian, I-A-I-N, dash L-double-E. Ticketsource.co.uk slash Ian, dash Lee. Right, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to uh, give us a call, you're more than welcome to. Cass, come in and join me for a bit. Can I get another cold water, please? And then come in and join me if that would be um, at all uh, at all possible. I'm feeling much better um, after the uh, tonsillitis. Um, and today's the thank you, Catherine. Today's the best uh, I've felt for for quite some time. I drove for the first time since last Tuesday. Um, but um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm still feeling very very tired. And it, about this about eleven o'clock, half eleven. What I've noticed this week is uh, my throat starts tightening and it makes me feel a bit nauseous just because my throat is getting a little bit tight. So, I'm, uh, you know, who would have thought that tonsillitis would be so crap? And we don't need our tonsils. Our tonsils are uh, left over from, like, millions of years ago. They don't serve any purpose. But you get an infection in them, guys. And, um, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be screwed. Honestly, I have been absolutely wiped out by this. Um, and I know loads of you have emailed me and tweeted me, and I'm, I've got loads of work I need to catch up with. Uh, yeah, sorry, it ain't happening. I can't, I'm not replying to anyone. I had to cancel loads of work this week. Um, it's not happening, I'm afraid. Are you feeling all right, Kath? You, if you're not feeling up to it, don't come in. Don't come in. Kath's not feeling very well either. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. You'll be more than welcome to. Um, I forgot you were, I forgot you were feeling poorly. Right. Don't come in if you don't want to. I mean, you don't have to talk to these idiots. It's right. You sure? My pleasure. Thank you, mate. Nice glass of water. That's better. That's better. I had my first meal in uh, well over a week today. I went and had some fish. I went to a local restaurant. What fish was it? Sea bass. Oh, nice. In, in, in a, in a, it was in, in a sauce. It was sea bass. And I, I, I remembered it being quite plain, but they put a sauce on it, which I didn't really want. Anyway, I had that and some um, uh, cooked potatoes. What do they call them? Sauté? Yay. Um, so they're bringing back Tomorrow's World... 
but they're not bringing it back properly. Oh. Excuse me. I'm only yawning because my throat is really tight and it's making me yawn. It's the weirdest thing. So they're going to bring, um, they're going to bring back a, a, a thread of programmes called Tomorrow's World, but it won't actually be Tomorrow's World. Oh. And here's the thing, BBC, you could literally make pounds off me if you brought out like a four CD, a four DVD box set or a six DVD box set of the best of Tomorrow's World. I would lap that up. I would totally go out and pay for that. We want Philbin. We want yep. Judas Ham. My mum never liked Han. Do you know why? Why? Never wore a bra. <laughs> it, honestly, she never wore a bra. And my mum would say, she'd just like tut and go, I wish that woman would put a bra on. <laughs> and it, uh, every week, if she, it was Judith Ham. Judith Ham was on between 1974 and 1994. They've caught up with them all in the mirror. She was the longest running Tomorrow's World presenter. She's written several science books. Um, she's also worked for the Royal Society. She's now 74. Gosh. She's president of Da Herb Society. Was that your... It's my stomach. The, well, she's president of the Herb Society. <sighs> da Herb? Well, I said da. It says the. No. The Herb it's Society. probably the Herb Society. Why do the Americans drop the H of herb? I don't know. My mum went through a phase of saying hotel rather than hotel. I think she thought it was posh. Oh, God. I know. My mum says theatre. Theatre. See, yeah, I know, I've heard people saying theatre. Yes, it's theatre. Funny, funny, um, funny mums. Um, uh, Kieran Prenderville. I used to like Kieran Prenderville. Which one's he? The one with the curly black hair? No, that was Howard Stableford. Oh right. Kieran Prenderville. Um, demonstrated the indestructibility of the compact disc by smearing strawberry jam on a BBC I CD. I remember the jam episode. Yeah. Um. Flipping heck! This is, the, this is the world weird. He was on it from 1979 to 1983, okay? I'm, I remember him well. After, after leaving the show, Kieran, now 69, became a highly successful TV writer, creating the hit series Bally Kiss Angel. Oh, did he? <laughs> good for him! Isn't that good for him? Um, oh, Michael Rod! Michael Rod, who used to host Screen Test as well. Michael Rod, look at him! 1972 to 1982. Michael was a well-known kids' TV host, fronting film-based quiz show Screen Test for eight years, as well as Tomorrow's World. Now, on Screen Test, it was a quiz about movies for kids, but they'd also have a feature where they'd have a competition each week where people would send in their home movies. Now, this was before video cameras and stuff. So it was all like um, cine film right. stuff, right? And there was one of there was a film on there I still have nightmares about. Oh really? What? That, so it was um I, I don't remember. All I remember it was was there was like a picture of a grave and then a hand coming out of the grave. But because it was all like in I guess sixteen millimeter, it was that kind of flicky. T- it scared the bejesus, and I still sometimes have nightmares about that. Gosh, it scared the crap out of me. Um. One of his most memorable moments came in 1981 when he ate a worm omelette. Now 73, he has fond memories of the show. Um, I showcased everything from the first digital watch to teletext, the personal stereo, the CD player, and of course the first mobile phone. Um, see, see, I would watch. I would watch all of that. Yeah, because you want to see whether it came true. Yeah, exactly. You wanted the ones they got right, brilliant. The ones they got wrong, hilarious. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Pete McCann. 1983 to 1991. I remember because he was on, um, he demonstrated CB radios and his handle was Diamond Pete. <laughs> and my dad said, well, he's a, he's a bloody idiot. You're not supposed to use your real name in your handle. So that was that. Pete sa- says many of his favourite memories come from the show's spin-off, Tomorrow's World at Large. Uh, now 72, since retiring from BBC, he's worked as a consultant. So he hasn't done, he hasn't done any work. Um, Howard Stableford hosted Beat the Teacher before joining Tomorrow's World as one of its longest-serving presenters. He says of the inventions he introduced, I was more disappointed by the ones that disappeared when you thought that should catch on. Some guy came up with a window blind that was transparent and had concentric circles on it that would pick up a great picture from a satellite. Now he's a BBC producer. He's not working either. Um, here we go here, oh Maggie Philbin Maggie 61 I've interviewed Maggie she is she exudes sex she is one of the sexiest women you could ever have the um, good fortune to be stuck in a room with just she knows how to play men lucky checkers well she knows exactly how to play men and good for her Maggie, now 61, used to watch the the show as a child before presenting it. She and co-stars stayed with the show despite big money commercial offers because we were so dedicated. I was the first to demonstrate virtual reality, a digital camera and satellite navigation. She is a tech writer and boss of Teen Tech. She was married to entertainer Keith Chegwin. They have a daughter, Rose, 29. Wowzers. Hi, Chihuahua. Um, I would, this is the thing, BBC, there's a load of crap out there that's available. For God's sakes, a six box set DVD of Tomorrow World, Tomorrow's World through, and if you wait, you can even, the fifth disc and the sixth disc, you can get all the presenters around together and show them clips and they can laugh at it. I'd even watch that. That would be delightful. Wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it? That's what we want. What, what's the crap we were watching on telly tonight? Um, we watched MasterChef. Rubbish. Okay. I mean, it's a lot of fuss over... It's like week six of the, of the first half of the semi-finals. Yeah. In my days, you had two semi-finals, then you had a final. That was it. What's all this about making multiple puddings on the same plate as well? Just stop, just stop it. Just what, make what's one wrong? good one. What, 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 have you, what have you made? I've made ham and egg. Beautiful. Oh, the egg is perfectly runny. The ham's great. These chips, oh, perfect. Yeah, a little bit crispy. Yeah, you're through to the next round. That's just what you want. I know. Ham, egg and chips, Why please. are they overcomplicating matters? All these poncy foods. So we watched that. Then we watched uh, at the start of the BBC's in-depth show oh. looking at stress. Here's the thing, right, that I've discovered. Because um, I haven't watched TV for a while. So coming back and watching it. And I was aware this was happening. This was flagged up to me this was happening and I ignored it. We have dumbed down to like stupid level. Because the program that was, was, um, and I like the lady. It was Kate Garraway, wasn't it? No. No, it was the other one. Fiona Phillips. That's it, Fiona Phillips. Um, and I, I, I like Fiona Phillips. I think I've met her and she's really nice. Um, but it was about stress. Mm. And the first five minutes was like the sort of teaser. What makes us stressful? Do you get stressed at work? Do you find going, travelling to work stressful? Babies, are they stressful? And then that finished. And then it went, there is one thing in this country that is the biggest killer. I'm going, yeah, stress. 
it's the biggest killer of all. It beats um, the car accidents. It beats. Go yes, I know stress. Program's about stress, and you've just spent five minutes teasing up. It's about stress, and it did. Nothing. If if it was a, if it was it was her sat down with a scientist and a scientist going right. Well, what happens when you hear a baby screaming? What it does is it produces this chemical reaction in your body, and the chemical that it produces is this thing. And what it does is that that aggravates you. And the reason it does that, it goes way back to to uh, prime evil people because that that means we will go and protect and and look after the baby and nurture them. So that's what that kind. So so if it was that brilliant, I'd watch it like scientific explanation. But it was just. Idiots. It was just, oh, isn't this annoying? It's, oh, I'm so, what gets you stressed? Oh, traffic. Ah, oh, balls. That was it. There Do you know? no point to it. The, the pointlessness of that program was proved when you changed channels halfway through and I didn't notice. We were watching a program about people having car crashes. Now, that was a good program. Yeah, but I didn't realise it wasn't the same program because I thought, well, yes, that's pretty stressful, but we've had 15 <laughs> minutes of this now. I do, uh, th- th- this is why I like a good documentary like Tower. You saw Tower, didn't you? Oh, it was Did amazing. It? This is why I like a good intelligent film and it's generally films very few series where they don't treat you like idiots they treat you um like intelligent adults that want to learn there's a little bit of assumed knowledge they fill in some some stuff that you might not know and then boom you're into the story but also they don't they don't tell you everything straight away and then expect you to forget it five minutes later so they can surprise yeah. you with it again. Yeah. That documentary, Tower, I didn't breathe properly through that no. the whole way through because you you kind of, in, you don't enjoy it, you endure it with, yeah. with the story. Oh, it's telling. horrific. You don't know who's going to survive. You don't know, you, it's, you just do not know which way it's going to go at all because, you know, especially because we're not familiar with that particular the kids, case. The kids that were playing chess and they heard about it in the news thought, oh, this sounds like a laugh, let's go down and look. And then they got there and went... Shit, this is absolute. Sorry, but this is horrific, and we are now stuck here. But they also heard from people who didn't do anything monumental. Yeah, and it was so. It wasn't kind of all right. Let's just wait for the um, Coldplay music to kick in and then to do something. What's the woman that said that she was too scared to? I think she carried that shame forever. And you and I both know that most people would be that woman yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than the one who went and laid yeah. down next to that poor girl. And you know, all the way through, you're wondering whether the baby survives. You just don't know, and it was just so intelligent. Done thoughtful thought-provoking um and it, you don't we don't we don't find out why the fella did it you don't find anything out about the fella because it's not about him and i thought that was really um a, a really brave thing to do in a documentary to leave a lot of answers look questions unanswered about the the the, the, the person that, that, that did the crime but uh, it works um, and then you get this this insipid, banal rubbish tonight. What makes you stressful? What was the thing they had on yesterday? Because they did another one yesterday. Oh, the the McCann thing. That was oh, an hour. That God. was an hour of not nothing, wasn't that it? That was that was a documentary. No, it wasn't. It was a bloke harassing people that had nothing to do with it. And it was it was all hot air. It was sixty minutes of hot air, puff and bluster. At best, it was a recap. Of yeah. everything we've discovered yeah. in the last ten years. Oh God, TV, TV, rubbish. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Keith and Ian, stay there. Come to you after this. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. All right, let's crack on with some of these calls. Good evening, Ian. Hi, how are you doing? Okay, I'm all right, thank you, boss. What you got? Um, well, I was going to talk about tomorrow's world. I'll come to that in a minute. But you know, you're talking about MasterChef a second ago. Yes. Wouldn't it be really, really refreshing on MasterChef if you if you suddenly heard, bing, the microwave going off? 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it'd be per- yeah, it'd be perfect. I found out now, because I saw my wife doing this the other day, and I thought, oh, that's a bit lazy, but actually it's brilliant. You can do frozen veg in the microwave. Oh, I ain't no. I know that. You put, you put your frozen veg in a bowl, a couple of tablespoons of water in the microwave, three minutes, bishy bashy boshy, it's yeah, done. That's science, mate. That's beautiful. Scrambled egg. Oh, scramble! I've no. always no. I've always done scrambled egg in the microwave. No, no, no. You got to know how to do it. Thing is, you you got to do it in in sections. Forty five seconds out, whisk mm-hmm. back in. Forty five oh, right. seconds okay. out, whisk. As oh, long as you're going back in there, because if not, it just comes out as like bowl shaped. No, no, no. That. You've got to do. You've got to, you've got forty five seconds to a minute at a time, and keep mixing it. Keep mixing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah but, keep but, but but if you if you do scr- if you do scrambled egg in a saucepan. That pan yeah. is ruined. No. That Absolutely. pan is ruined. I do it in a frying pan. I like it when it catches a little bit and it goes a bit brown. Mm, nah. No, yeah, no. Microwave is straightforward. She's, you, you're right, Ian. It's, the microwave is, is the... Right, microwave Too is wet the for me. Too wet. But you're not supposed to put your head next to a microwave. <laughs> no, you're not. No. That, says, that says bad to me. There, there, was a, there was a case years ago. Somebody was working in a restaurant or somebody was using a microwave on a regular basis. And um, they got some kind of cancer because they were like near the microwave too too often. Well, they shouldn't put a window in it then, should they? Well, that's asking, not. That's asking for it. But no, but you want to see what's going on in there, don't you? Well, then you're going to put your face near it, and all hell is going to break loose. What? It's, it's funny, isn't it? You have got you've got a cancer machine. I don't think mm. they're as bad as they were when they first came out. Well, we are... Mobile phones? Well, mo- no, mobile phones. Didn't, didn't they prove that mobile phones don't give you cancer? That, that 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 was all a load of old nonsense. Well, there are still people walking around like they're on The Apprentice. Tell them. Yeah, I know that, 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 that mobile phones that do, do, do not cause fires in garages, despite in petrol stations, despite what the other fella said to me the other day when he wouldn't, wouldn't turn my petrol pump on until I, I'd end my phone call. So to spite him, I drove off. Um, and they do not affect the machines in hospitals. And they do not crash aeroplanes. No, the the ethylene encourage people to use mobile phones in their hospitals now. Anyway, don't they? Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're encouraged. There are signs up saying, "Please, we're begging you, use your mobile phone." <laughs> the reason around though, you talking about tomorrow's world earlier. Yes, isn't you think about like living on this planet at the moment? Like people in the forties and the fifties. You look at the you look at like where we come from technology wise to where we are now. Isn't it a great time to be alive? No, you don't think no. No, I think it's a lousy time to be alive. Oh, okay. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I don't use it very often. Why are you on Facebook? Um, (laughs) I was asked to go on it, but. I buy a friend who who like lives on the other side of okay. town now. What I do book. you What do you get out of being on Facebook? Well, not very, not very much because I no. don't use it very often. No, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Facebook is the biggest con, yeah, of all time. Mm-hmm. It is pointless. It is pointless you look because i'm i'm only i've only, i've got a facebook page a profile but i don't yeah. i don't i've got like maybe a handful of friends like three or four and i don't post on there i use it so that i can do my ian lee official page and a monkey's page right no, no, no. um but i'm looking at my at t- my timeline and the crap that's coming I've, I've befriended a couple of americans to help with this the crap that's coming up in my timeline mm-hmm. and i'm thinking I'm friends with like seven people. Right? Most people are friends with. I'm going to say the average is 150. I'm plucking that. What must when they log into their computer? 
What must it look like? Pictures of 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 babies and and pictures of meals and pictures mm. of the dog and and uh, pictures of funny pictures of of them stood by a, a tree and, and a picture of a cow. And, why is the pet? thing is, Ian? Some people and it, you're gonna have to really open your mind to this. Some people are really interested in other people. It's what? just a brag fest, though. Yes. Well, yes, it can be. Can you believe most of the stuff that's on there? Probably not. I suggest that the people who are living their lives on Facebook are probably not getting very much right. of a life outside it. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. You're 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 saying that people like you because they're interested in people's lives. I think so. I think so. I think there's a bit of that. Okay. Okay. What happened ten years ago when we didn't have Facebook? We lost touch with people. Well, there was a natural selection. <laughs> Or, yeah, you kept in touch with the people that you needed to keep in touch with. Thank you very much indeed. Mm. I don't want I don't want my uh, uh, the, the best friend of my first girlfriend sending me a friend's request. I don't want that. I don't want people I went to school with getting in touch with. It's natural selection. Then we're not meant to be friends. If you were really interested in people's lives, right? Oh, I'm not saying I am. Okay, well, I'm saying some if, people. If, are. If, if a person was genuinely interested in someone's life. They'd They're be not in gonna, it. Well, they will be in it. They will no, be phoning we, them what up. What do you do? You got to phone somebody up and have the conversation. Phone them up. Post. Send them a letter. Send them an email. Say, yeah. Hey, hey uh, Ian, I was thinking of you uh, today because me and the wife we went oh and God. saw this film, and uh, when we were there, I, I, I got a picture. I'm attaching a picture of a thing that I saw, and it reminded me of you. You'll get the job. You send that off. Beautiful. Oh. Send them a text. Oh well, they know me. No, I don't. I'm not. So, but send them a text. Facebook is uh, is this thing? It's this thing we talked about dumbing down. Facebook Mm. is dumbing us down so that all of our information is in the centre of a screen, and it goes and we scroll through this stuff all in the centre of it. We don't look to the left. We don't look to the right. We look to the centre of the screen. It is dumbing us down more so than twitter yeah. i think and do you know what else it is yeah you know those are aggravating round robins that you get in some people's yep. um cr- christmas cards who assume that you want to know about yeah. what everyone's doing now it's that yeah so, go on in ian can i ask you a question you certainly can completely different subject oh. i do apologize but you know we were talking about first uh, first thing was you bought last night yep can i ask you a question what would you think would be the best Example of a cover version of a song being better than the original. That is an excellent question. I've got one. Can I throw one into the? Um, I know the answer to this. The... I can't think what it is. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handbags and grabbags. Stereophonics. Oh no! Oh, de- get de- off! Delete my number, Ian. Stereophonics. Really? Delete my number. What do you think this is? Sit- Delete my number. <laughs> and, and I'm unfriending you on Facebook. This is over. Who is this guy? This bromance is over. He's gone. Stereophonics. Jeez. That's a good question. Um, mm. Share oh. the Sheep Sheep song. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, I don't want you serious. <coughs> um, you got a cough? <coughs> My uh, cup of tea went down the wrong Oy, hole. There's, um, I had a good, I had a good uh, song the other day. Um, mm, Here's one, and it's controversial. Yeah. Gwen Stefani, when she did "It's My Life." I don't know the song. You do. No, it's, I don't. it's a classic '80s song. 
Talk, talk. I don't really know what you're talking about. Oh. Um, um, but c- cover songs that are better than the originals. That's a good, that's an excellent, that is an excellent question. What do I think a little bit better? Um... I think a bit more. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Evening, Keith. Hello, Ian. Hello, Keith. Hi, Ian. I was. I don't know if you remember. I'm trying to. I wanted to update you about the sports video about fast running. I was going to do to help you with your a rabbit hole. Now, just remember, Keith. I've been off um, with tonsillitis recently. Yeah, I know. So I've been a little, I've been a little bit ill, and I've, I've if I'm completely honest, I've, I've bits of my memory have been erased. Um, so you've, we've, you've called before, have you? I, it's like I, w- I first heard about rabbit hole through the Ian Lee show, and I thought I might be able to help to launch it because oh, I do okay. sports videos. This, you got, remember? I've got you now. You right? Okay. So the rabbit hole is the the, the uh, TV channel I'm, I'm doing on YouTube. Um, and if I remember correctly, you've got a, a young niece who is a fast no, cyclist. It's my nephew, nephew Harry. It's Harry, and he's he's into his um, he's into his running. He's a fast runner, yes. And I uh, and I do a sports video, yes. So I wanted to send you one sports video, fast running, featuring Harry. Like, yes. Well, I still haven't received that. No, you haven't, and that's, I feel quite apologetic about it. But that's what I'm here to update you. You see, okay? Because yeah, because we just live. There's a playing field right next to us here, right? Yeah. And they've marked it out for athletics over the bank holiday. Yes. Yeah, and I thought, oh, well, that's a brilliant chance to get Harry down and do the, f- the video for Ian, like. Yeah. And But I don't normally let him on this field because the headmaster's got a couple of Dobermen, you know? Yes. Um, well, I mean, one of them might be a lass, I'm not sure, but a couple of Dobermen anyway. And you have to do a lot of dirt, so I don't really like him playing on there. So I went the head out. Ma- the headmaster? Ah, he's got two Dobermen. And he doesn't clean up their dirt? No, we watch him from the top, I tell you. I, that I is outrageous. Down, I, I know, because they're big dogs, so they do big drops, you know what I mean? Well, they're the size of human drops sometimes. Uh, I, I tell you what, some of them, I go and clear them up with a tennis racket, you know, I, I lever it under and I shot them out, out of the way of where the kids are going to be. But I tell you, some of them are the length of the racket handle. Blimey. You've got to be yeah, careful with that, I, Keith, because you can get, um, go blind with all that. I will listen up to my story because it gets worse oh, to God. do with the. You see, so I got Harry out there, right? And um, I got I had a vi- I have a video recorder, uh, or old fashioned one, but it's better quality than a phone. Right, okay, so right. like VHS. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't know. You know, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's, it's got play, record, pause, that sort of Fast thing. Fast forward and rewind. Yeah, you take a little card out. Oh, oh okay, it's digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. So. Um, I, I stand at one end and he runs towards me, right? Yes. And I've put up, do you know those little, um, the sort of posts they used to, to um, mark off the cricket green? It's like a metal spike. Um, Are you with me there, Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I'm not a big fan of cricket, but I think I've got it, yeah. All uh, right. Well, I've got a load of tape from, do you know Thornton's and Hotel Chocolate? 
the, the retail outlets for fancy chocolate. And they do the ribbons and that. Well, I've collected the ribbons and I made like a finishing line for him. Do you know what I mean? Out of um, hotel chocolate ribbons? Comb- and Thornton's. I've combined the two, like, um, you know, it, it's a little bit striking because of the different colours, but. Uh, it's a lot of chocolate. Uh, oh, it's not my chocolate. I'm allergic to it. It brings me out in humps. So, um, of course, he runs towards it and I've got some beautiful shots of him. But as he came through the tape, it's tough stuff, that hotel chocolate stuff. So it pulled up the, um, it didn't break is what I'm trying to say. It yeah. pulled up the, the, the posts. Oh, he fell on his face. And the terrible thing is, is just it almost touching his lip, he fell into the, uh, the, dog, the dog dirt. So that's pretty bad, that, isn't it? That is, dis- and, that is disgusting. And another thing I just wanted to say. Yeah is that I've got worried because we put the video up and you can see um, Ari's face, right? And a couple of years back, I took some pictures of his 14th birthday party, right? And and a mate then a couple of days later got in touch with me because I'd put him on Facebook, what you were talking about, like. And he sent me this photo and it was from one of them, like, bestiality sites, you know? And someone had cut out Harry's head and put it on top of a monkey, and I mean, that's awful for the kid, isn't it? That's what will happen these days. So I don't want to send you it. I want to pixelate it. Ian. <laughs> yes, that is, that is awful. Poor lad. What was the monkey doing? Or is it best not to say? Well, do you know, the mon- in the monkey's hand, they'd put on like a tube of lube. A tube of lube? Aye, so like lube, you know, so it was pretty obvious what was going on. Yeah. So. That's horrible. Do... I've got kids. That's horrible. You don't want people doing that. It's some sick no, you've people got to be out there. so careful. I need to learn about pixelation. Then it's it's all go fast, vid, fast running. But I don't, I don't want to put a video up of him falling um, into some dog dirt, even if it is pixelated. No, I'm going to destroy that one, Ian. I'm going to get him out again at the weekend. Yeah. Or there's a bank holiday coming up towards the end of the month. There is, yeah. Yeah, and I'm either going to... If I haven't learned how to pixelate, I'll put a mask on it. I mean, I know that sounds stupid, but I don't want it... You know, it's it's, it's, it's privacy, isn't it, really? It is a, we could do this as a phone-in, Keith, actually. 0344 499 Whose face would you like to see on Keith's nephew, Harry, in his running video? Ah, oh, that's kind, like that's nice. No monkeys. We don't want to. We don't want to relive no, that. Monkeys is a sore subject. We don't want to relive that. But maybe. Oh, um, no thanks. Maybe um, a sports Paula Paula Radcliffe. Aye, oh, that'd be nice. That'd be canny if you could get her permission. Like, I don't think you'd need her permission to do it. Aye. Well, he's pretty damn fast anyway. You only get little glimpses of it, you know. Well, Keith, listen, I'm, I'm, I hope everything's all right. I hope you... you, you uh, how did you clean the dog dirt off? Uh, well, we took him to the hospital, but uh, they told us... Um, I thought he might need a tet- um, tet- tetanus. Yeah. But he didn't need a tetanus. They just said use a wet wipe or cloth or something like that. Um, I have some hand wash that's got, that describes itself as for sanitising, so... We put a bit of that on, and he's absolutely fine. Brilliant. Honestly, he's as fast as he as I've seen him. 
Uh, it's uh, it's Keith. It's an important uh, issue you, with loads of important issues, and, uh, and shame on that headmaster for not cleaning that dog dirt up. That really quite, is disgusting. Shame on quite him. Quite right. I'll get it to you as soon as I can. Ian. Thank you, mate. Take care, Keith. Bye bye. Bye. Cheers, fella. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Whose face would you like to see on um, Keith's? That's terrible. About Lionel that. Richie. That's terrible about that bestiality side. Yeah, I mean, that where is... to begin? The Doberman. Or, or women, uh, the Jubalube. Ah, oh, flipping heck! Some people, eh? Um, okay, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, so here's here's the um, they've got three of the things that um, tomorrow's well got wrong. Only three. The automated pub, 1965. Dial a number and the barman brings you your drink. Oh, I heard a song today. And I thought, oh, they sound like um, uh, a, a gay Everly Brothers. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you exactly what I'll play it to you. Because um, Shell Talmy's coming. It's a song that he produced. And if, if I'm feeling bold, I may uh, <laughs> I may suggest this to him. Um, but Shell Talmy, who produced, you know, The Who and The Kinks and all and there's a there's a brilliant... He's coming on to talk about a compilation CD that's coming out. I've been, I was listening to it um, today. And uh, it's brilliant. It's got some... Br- I, I, I must, I'll bring it out of the car tomorrow. It's got a handful of songs that I knew... And then it's got loads and loads of songs I'd never heard. There's one by this brilliant act as well called, um, oh, go away, called something like Infinite Langley. Oh. And it's, it's brilliant. But then this song came up and I thought, oh, this just sounds like a gay Everly Brothers. Trees swaying in the summer breeze. You know this song? Yeah. Showing off the silver leaves as we walked by soft kisses on a summer's day, laughing all our cares away, just you and I. Sweet, it's so he produces this, just Chad and Jeremy. In the sky. They say that all good things must end someday. What was this group? Infinite Langley or something? I like the swelling strings. Yeah, the version I had didn't have um, strings on. Uh, Infinite Langley. They kind of be called Infinite Langley. That's not a name of something. Um, Langley, there's a brilliant, I've never heard of this group before. Um, um, you're not helping much, Catherine, if I'm going to I don't know who you're talking about. Well, I know, but you've got Google. Langley. Band called Langley. Might be, might be called Langley. Um, Perpetual Langley. (laughs) What did you think it was? Infinite Langley. Oh, you were nearly there. Listen to this. This is brilliant. Perpetual Langley. Um, um, Here we go. Have some of this. Have some of this.
never heard of them. Shall nice. tell me produced it. Paul, you said you'd call him once tonight. This is your third call. Now my second. Your third. Okay, I'll to screw you. Okay. 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Yeah, and, and there's this album is, I would say, about 80% of the stuff on there I've never heard. And most of it is like, it's brilliant. Brilliant. There's a, there's a band on there that I'm sort of vaguely aware of. And I was, I'm, I, someone was going to send me a book about them, and we never, um, uh, listen to this, The Creation. Listen to this. This is a song. This is a Shell Tell Me production. Creation are one of the sort of the, the great lost bands of the 60s, apparently. I don't know as much about them as I need to, but um, uh, the, the guy that produced... And that, boy, oh boy, th- th- doesn't that sound like I can't explain by the who? Mm-hmm. Produced by the same guy. Produced by the same guy. Just imagine for a second, right, that we're here, and on the other side of that glass, it's the four members of the who recording my generation. And, and we're there. And we've got the power to click click a button and go, yeah, Roger, can you just back away from the mic? And Keith, if you can just tone it down a bit. Oh, let's try again. That's what he did. That was his job. And we're going to talk to him tomorrow. Man alive. 15-year-old me is just foaming at the mouth with excitement about that. Really doesn't get any better than that. What a great booking. Um, another hour to go, dear listener. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Suggestions for um, Keith's nephew Harry, what face he could have on the mask. Um, and I, do you know what? I think we're going to get that video. I, I really think we're going to get that video at some point to go on the channel. I've got a feeling that's going to happen. Um, Facebook, it's a load of old pony. Was there anything else, Prince Philip? Tomorrow oh, yeah, football is footballer food. Oh, loads of people um, um, tweeted me. Um, some of these footballer food um because people are <laughs> like people like that kind of rubbish cannelloni dalgleish nice maradona kebab <laughs> <laughs> well done scott that's that's another scott maradona kebab i like that um well that's it those that's those it's those two uh <laughs> it's just those that's two. enough that's enough that's enough um, well, tonight's proving to be a right old little roller coaster. I'm going to go for a waz. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. A differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. Ian Lee on air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. That um, lad, the surfer, flipping heck. 
30 hours he was 30 out. hours in the water 30 miles out and he doesn't fancy surfing again i think oh, you can turn, be turn the thing off turn the computer off please Ed. yeah i think you can be forgiven for not fancying it he's a bottler he's not going again he's a coward <laughs> don't blame him he's a coward no that is um that is uh remarkable really isn't, isn't he it? lucky yeah because they must have thought after after a couple of hours that's it that is chips. It's funny he says he's not going out because normally those those kind of people that um, get it, that, that almost lose their lives go well. It's not it's not going to stop me. Um, I'll be back out there and uh, Mother Nature may whip my ass this time, but it's my it's one nil to her. But I'm going to get my arm back. Thirty hours though. No, there's that film, isn't there? That's based on a true story, but about um, a couple that went um, deep sea diving. Uh, on like a trip in, I don't know, the Philippines or Thailand or somewhere where health and safety is not as uh, as important as here. And um, <clears throat> they um, got left there. They got what? left. Yeah, they got left. As, it's a group of about 20 people. And uh, the bloke counting counted wrong. And it's a true story. I mean, the film, what happens to them afterwards is entirely made up because mm-hmm. well, how would you know? Um, but yeah, they got the, there was about twenty of them, and it was a big story. And um, they got counted wrong, and um, they went back, and n- no one knew about it. I think it was for like a day. It's like a, twenty-four hours, and of course, when they went back, they were gone. Oh, no. And so the film is really one of the bleakest films I've ever seen in my life. It's them just in the water, going, "Well, they'll <laughs> they'll be coming back soon." What's that brushing my foot? Oh, God, it's a shark. I, I, it, it's just, um, you know, it doesn't bear thinking about. I don't like... <clears throat> I don't like films like that where it's people drowning slowly or yes. people trapped down a hole. Oh, I like... No. No, I don't like it. I don't like the thought of being um, a distance away from buildings. Don't like being a, too far away from buildings. Now, whether that be in the sea, in the air... Or in just like the countryside, up a mountain or in the countryside. I don't, don't like that. I like to be able to see buildings and know how I'm going to get to a building. Because, of course, you had that episode, didn't you, when you went walking in the hills in Jeez, Wales? I, oh, yeah. yeah, I did, actually. I did. I'm glad you reminded me of that horrific experience. Sorry. Where two days, two consecutive days, I thought I was going to die because yeah. I got lost. And the second day was actually very, very serious. I was thinking about that today, actually. I, how I had to um, gamble down the side of a mountain like a mountain goat oh the way you described it you coaxed yourself down uh, well, gingerly co- g- well, yeah g- g- ginger coax um well, gambling sounds a bit more jolly what an idea. is there a coke machine in this building yeah can, I, can you get me a coca-cola I'm yeah. go- i've got no money though that's not like you what, what's going on my second coke of the day um, my body is craving my body is craving a, a coca-cola oh for this is your fourth phone call, Paul. Okay, two things about athletics. I'll hang on quick. a minute, hang on a minute. Your first phone call, you said, I will only call once. Yeah, well, you get people talking. You have a way of making people talk. Yes, my, it, it is my job to make people talk. Okay, right, I'll The fellow that had a go at me on Twitter yesterday saying, I mock the vulnerable, I'm the vulnerable and I'm being <laughs> mocked. <laughs> No, I don't mock you, and I'm not vulnerable in any way. No, I don't agree with that. I said to you earlier. I'll give you a punch in a minute. Yes. Okay, right. I've, two things about athletics. One, uh, the name of an athlete's put on as a face, as what? a figure for that kid, yeah? Yes. 
Copy Rogers, Copy Rogers Bannister. What? What? Gotta be the face of the famous what does, Roger what, Bannister. All right, ha, okay. What does Roger Bannister look like? Well, he's in his coffin now, so I don't know what he looks like. So you want to put a picture of a coffin on a child's face? No, I face. mean Roger B- Bannister crossing the finish line when he broke the four-minute mile. All right, but what does he look like if he's so famous? Well, he's kind of he's got kind of like what's fashionable today is hair, which is swept back, slicked back, what I call a real man's haircut. Real man, which is a bit, which is a bit. All right, Paul. Someone else has called in now, so we don't need you to fill. Evening, Marty. Hey, Ian. Hey, Kath. How you guys doing? Kath has has gone off. Kath's not feeling very well this evening. She's got a bit of a stomach ache. I've got a a sore throat, so she's nipped off to get me a coke and have a little uh, breather. But we, we, you know what? I'm better than I was yesterday, Marty. And yesterday I was better than I was the day before. So I am heading in the right direction. That's good. You sound much more livelier today. I feel the last two days I've had to have Kath in for the whole show to kind of hold my hand as I gingerly step through it. Tonight I only had to ask her in halfway through. So we're going in the right direction. It's all good. Right direction. That's sure. Hey, so I got three things for you, if that's okay. Of course it is, man. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, footballers who have foods actually have two real footballers who play in oh. Italy. One guy is called Massimo Macaroni. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> and the yes. other guy... Wait for this. This guy's got an even better name. Better than Massimo Macaroni is Kevin Lasagna. Shut the front door. No, that is for real. That there is, is a man real. with a name as... Uh, no disrespect to Kevin's. As plain and dull as Kevin, and his surname is as exotic <laughs> as Lasagna? <laughs> Yes, sir. That's incredible! It's the best name in the world, isn't it? Someone's tweeted me Paul Mintz. I'm afraid Kevin Lasagna beats Paul Mintz hands down. Hands down. That's a brilliant one. Thank you for that one. We love that, Marty. We'll have that one. That's all right. Okay, and number two, uh, the running video. Yeah. Who can you use as a face? Instead of a monkey, you could use... One of the monkeys, hey, like uh, David Jones. David Jones, that would be nice. Yeah, the kid probably won't know who David Jones is, but it's good to start their education young. Yeah, oh God, yeah, my my music education started young. The best way. It is totally the best way. In fact, I'm also taking the boys to see the Beach Boys soon. Thank you. Thank oh, nice. You. Yeah, still, 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 which will be, um, which will be nice. Oh, oh, Donald, where's your trousers? Sorry, Coke. Coke's just gone everywhere, Marty. It's, it, it's um, like uh, uh, the. F- uh, it's there's nothing like, worse than Coke everywhere. It's like um, New Year's Eve. What a waste of Coke. What was your third thing, boss? It's a sticky fest. All right, the third thing. Yes. It's a, it's going back a few weeks, actually. Yeah, go on. Go on, um, go on about on. the general election and how you can make it interesting. Okay. Are we allowed to talk about the general election and making it in, and it making it interesting? As long as it's balanced. Okay. Okay. Make it. Uh, you got to make it balanced, Marty. I'm going to try my best. So my idea is karaoke election. <laughs> so everyone who rings in and has any kind of viewpoint or discussion point on the election has to sing it in a karaoke style. Catherine? I'm not averse to it in principle. Marty, it's a done deal. Thank you very much indeed. 0344 499 1000 is the um, telephone number. If you want to uh, give us a call, you're more than uh, welcome to. There's a footballer called Kevin Lasagna. Is there? According to Marty, there is, yes. 
Kevin Lasagna. Paul Mintz, someone sent in. That's good. For Paul Ince. Yep. I get it. Yep, yep, yep. I get it. 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Doesn't um, Brad Pitt look gaunt? Here's the thing. Um, Statins. 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 They're everywhere. As a, a man of a certain age, I should be aware of statins. I've got no idea what statins are. Are they good? Yeah. Are they bad? Yeah. Good or bad? Yeah. I don't know. Don't care. But I don't know. But statins, statins, statins. I think it's about blood pressure or something. Statins. 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 My blood, blood pressure is a little bit high. When I went to United to have some medical... I don't think... I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say why I had to have my medical tests and my rabies shot. I don't think I'm allowed to say it yet. I've certainly not got the check. Um... But uh, they, my blood pressure was quite high. But they first took my blood pressure. By, uh, uh, I, they t- took the blood pressure. I had to walk up three flights of stairs. And then they took the blood pressure. She went, oh, that's high. But we walked up the stairs. Then she did it again. And it was still a bit high. And then I went downstairs and they did it like 20 minutes later. And it was still a bit high. Mm. And he said, oh, I wouldn't worry about it. I was like, really? The doctor for the Rolling Stones took my blood pressure. Isn't that funny? Mick and Keith's. So I'm guessing he's... Personal physician. I'm guessing he's uh, got. He's seen some things. No, I don't think he's Doctor Robert. You know, I think he's he's the good doctor, as opposed to the bad doctor. The, now the real doctor's in the house, boys. Now that square's gone. I'm going to give you the injections that you are really needing to get through this concert. Um, here we go. Um, Adele is the richest musician under thirty in the British Isles. Gosh, good for her. That's a lot of. Um, uh, 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 Vens, according to the latest edition of the Sunday Times Rich List, the Rolling in the Deep singer's global success earned her forty million pounds last year, rocketing her wealth to one hundred twenty-five million. If I was worth one hundred twenty-five million, I'd quit. I'd quit. Be like, yeah, I got a sinner. Well, she said she doesn't fancy touring again. Why would you? Yeah. Um, now, experts reckon the star from Tottenham North London is on target to become Britain's all-time highest-earning musician. Um, okay. Now, so here's the list: the, the, the top twenty music millionaires. This is under thirty, or is it? No, this age? is UK. Right. Okay. So, joint nineteen. It's Adele and Brian May. Oh. Okay. 125. 18 is Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts? But 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 he don't he didn't write any of the songs. That's where the money is. 17, Ozzy and Sharon. 16, Robbie Williams. Uh at 15 with 152 million pounds, Sir Tim Rice. 14 is Sir Tom Jones. 13 is Roger Waters. Oh, I don't know who that is. All in all, you're just another brick in the wall. Uh, Joint 11, Rod Stewart and Eric Clapton. 10 is Sting. (laughs) Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on eight minute. Two at number eight. Ringo Starr, 200 million. Also top music millionaire. Number eight, Michael Flatley. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's a... He's a tap dancer. He, he makes beats with his feet, but I don't think he does anything. Oh, this is feet. nice. Number seven, 
worth 210 million. Also, Michael Flatley's American. He's Irish. Well, he's Irish-American. He's more American, isn't he? Well, no, he's been to America. He's Irish. No, he's not. He's Irish! No, he's not. He's Irish! I'm pretty sure he isn't. This is a nice one. Number seven. 210 million. Olivia and Donny Harrison. That's nice, oh, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, nice. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. I, we like that one. Number six, Keith Richards. Number five, Mick Jagger. Number four, Elton John. Number three. Well, hang on a second. Number three, it's U2. Which brings us swiftly back to the non Irish Michael Flatley, born in Chicago, Illinois. What's his passport? What colour is his passport? He is American. Well, then he should be. Um, American dancer, shot. choreographer, and musician. He's Michael Ryan Flatley. He's age 58, born Chicago, Illinois. Nationality, American. <laughs> Off the list. Now, in the. So, so Elton John, right, is worth 290 million at number four. Then number, number two, uh, number three, it's a big leap to 548 million, but it's all of you two. Right. Well, that's just Ben. Is that because they share equally? Then there's a big leap from three to two. 548 million up to 740 million. Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber. And then, so who's number one? McCartney. Right. Goes from 740 to 780 million. But it's not McCartney. Oh. It's Sir Paul McCartney and Nancy Chevelle, his wife. Because she was independently rich, was she? She was richer than McCartney, I think. Mm. She had more money than McCartney. So that if he's just married her for her money to get to the number one in the, the list, that's cheap. Here we go. Adele is the only solo female artist on the list, which is topped by his by Sir Paul McCartney and his wife Nancy Chevelle, fifty seven, who are worth a combined seven hundred and eighty million. She had more money than McCartney I think did. She did, yeah. So she shouldn't be allowed in that list. And she shouldn't, should she? That is bang out of order. Um, he earned an estimated £8 million from the Desert Trip Festival in uh, California. So Paul is joined on the list by Ringo Starr. That must be gutting to Ringo that Olivia and Danny are, are worth significantly more than he is. That must be gutting. He must be fuming at that. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. Isn't it funny? I didn't know any of this. Um, the, the, the Harrison's wealth reportedly declined by £10 million after... Is it Danny or Danny? I'm going to say Danny. Danny, 38, because only five years younger than me, was divorced from Icelandic former model Solveig Karadotti. Oh. I didn't know he was married. He's no. still a kid in my my um, opinion. Um, I don't understand why you two are, uh, are, are d- together. I just, I just, as a group, I don't get it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late nights, Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Um, firemen sparked a whodunit mystery after peeing in female officers' service boots. Now, oh. this doesn't shock me, surprise me, or upset me, because we have both worked with a gentleman who has done a poo in a friend's boot. Yes. As as revenge yes. for some misdemeanour that certainly didn't warrant a turd in a boot. He did, didn't he? I, I can think of a lot of people who've maybe wronged me or slighted me. I'd never thought to go... 
into that kind of area to get back and from then on if anyone crossed him or wound him up the wrong way look at you and point and go just make sure you know where your boots are (laughs) and that was the threat that was was. the threat (laughs) he was going to do a poo in a boot so this this is nothing this is this is nothing no compared to that actually no in the first world war that was a good way of softening up your boots you didn't pee in it yeah 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 yeah, no you know you did you didn't you peed on it and in no you didn't what's the point of peeing on it well, that's what softens up the no, leather. No, you want it to mould to the shape of your foot. Jesus. Two women at fire stations, 17 miles apart, found their £100 Gore-Tex footwear filled with urine. That's nasty. I don't like people who say urine, and I don't like people who say says. Well, she says that my urine is up for auction. Don't like people say auction as well. Do you know what I mean? People who say says. We used to have a teacher, Miss Downing. Do Down. I say that? No, you don't. You don't. We used to meet Downing who say says. 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 Um, I don't really like. Here's what. The, as I get older, this is what the, the conclusion I'm coming to. It's a shorter list what you do like, isn't it? I don't like people. <laughs> I don't. I would be. I w- this is why if I'd made 125 million quid, I'd be all right. Right. That's it. I'm off. Don't worry, guys. You're never going to hear from me again. All the haters, all the likers, you're never going to hear from me again. I'm going to buy a farm in the middle of nowhere. Ta-ta! And that's it. The only time people would see me would be like every six months when I would resurface to go and... I was going to say stock up on DVDs and stuff, but I'd just get them delivered in. Mm. I'd get them delivered in. You could have your own blockbuster in the back garden. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'd do. That would be it. I'd, I'd get DVDs sent in from uh, uh, DVD sent in from Amazon. I'd stream Netflix. Yeah, Amazon. You get the studio sending them direct. Exactly. But I just I, I I wouldn't want any contact with anybody. I think I could do that. I think I could. Do be... you though? Yeah, I do. Oh no, I t- totally could. I have got at home the biggest pile of books to catch up on, and I've asked you to chase up a couple of books. And, and, and people that might be good guests for, and i'm i've got about 25 books i need to read and they've all had to go to one side now because i'm doing a thing about andy kaufman for radio 4 next week so i've got to read an andy kaufman book just to kind of gen up a bit and and, and remind myself and i've brought the wrong book with me and uh, but so i've got i've got to do i've got no 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 i've got i've got enough books to last me a good 10 years but it's just books that's not games that's not Xbox, that's not Switch, that's not movies. Just books. Ten years. Books. And they'll probably write more books in that ten years that I want to read. Oh, yeah, there'll definitely be yep. more books, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, I could very, very happily... And there'll be people at home going, oh, we should do it. Oh, I, if, g- give me the money. Give me hundred, give me 100 million quid. 50 million quid. 50 million quid. And I'll disappear. I'll be gone. You'll never hear from me again. Promise. Wonderful. Now you know your price. I'll be off Twitter. Because I wouldn't need to sell anything. I'd be off Facebook. I'd close down my website. I'd close down the e- all my email accounts. Boom, I'm gone. You'd be like Willy Wonka. I would not. Bosses launched a probe and senior officers and HR staff visited both stations to have a sniff. Oh. They demanded what? all personnel submit to DNA tests in an attempt to catch the culprits. Some firefighters gave swabs, but others refused, insisting they could not be forced to do so. 
It is thought some men were jealous of women joining the service and getting better privileges and promotions because of an alleged PC agenda by Top What is this? London's burning? But when would that come out? 1985. That was about a woman joining the fire brigade before it just became the bill, but with fire brigades. Uh, but that was, that was this bloke in there called Vaseline, wasn't there? Yeah. Never used to watch it. Uh, My mum used to love London's burning. Yeah. But that was about a woman joining the fire brigade. There were a couple by the end, I think. Yeah. Programs that that have not enriched society. Like, let's play a little game of tennis, okay? Programs that have not enriched society, and we could have w- the world would be just as good without. Um, London's burning. No, well, I like that. No, nope, it's on the list. Well, if you're putting that in, then um, soldier, soldier. Heartbeat. Some people love that. Okay, here here comes one. Yeah, Sullivan's. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like. All right, the cedar tree. Okay. God, I've got a good one. That Inspector Morse spin-off thing, what was it called? Endeavour. Endeavour. Yeah, okay, here's one. Um, Inspector Morse. <gasps> no! Yep. No. Yeah, it's pointless. I like that. Well, how is the world better because of Inspector Morse? Because it showed that he might be working class and everything, but it's proper clever and liked... Well, but rubbish. You like classic All right, music. here's one. Darling Buds of May. Oh, no, I like that as no, well. No, it's rubbish. No. See, but, but the, the world it, it, it is is no better nor worse as a direct result of the oh, Darling Buds. Oh, it was escapism. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. It oh, was... it's perfect. That is, you're a big you're a big fat wife and we have sex and you're perfect. They weren't married. That was part of the thing. Oh, jeez. No, I, I like that. That was a bit of escapism, that. Rubbish. Pointless. Pointless. You can have... Um... All creatures great and small. No, I like that. Oh, for God's sakes, Catherine. This isn't going to work, trust me. You like utter... You like wallpaper. You like watching... And I'm watching wallpaper at the moment. And I'm... Because it's... I'm watching Better Call Saul, the prequel to Breaking Bad, right? And nothing happens in it. Nothing. All it is, right, is it's a pre... So it's 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 the character, the lawyer character, um... Uh, in Breaking Bad, is his bent lawyer. So it's the his backstory, and it shows you how he went from being like a good, honest guy with a few problems to to being this bent character. So all it's building up to is the beginning of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. That's all it's building up to, yeah. right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's the trick. That's the gimmick. That's the USP. The unique selling point is it will build up to the beginning of Breaking Bad, right? Mm-hmm. But nothing happens. And I was one of those people that when people say that in Lost, nothing happens. Stuff did actually happen. In this, nothing happens. Bob Odenkirk, the main guy, and, and um, uh, Michael McKeon, the, his brother, brilliant actors. If they weren't in it, I wouldn't be watching it. I'm watching it because they are watchable. But style over substance. There is no content. Nothing happens. And I'm watching it because I can't, I still can't read. I still haven't got the focus to sit down and read. So it's like, it's 42 minutes and 50 seconds of wallpaper. Mm-hmm. I was trying to doze in front of it today because nothing was happening. Oh, for Christ, this is your sixth phone call. Okay, right, quickly, I'll be quick. Yes, you will. Um, So, most TV programmes... Serve no purpose. Yeah, no, but... Right. Isn't the purpose... Go on. Entertainment. Escapism. No. Fantasy. No. 
What, what was um, what what was Leith's three? Inform, educate, entertain. Yeah. But but you don't have to have it all at the same time. No, you do. I think you do. I think I, I, as I get older, I think you do. Here's something: as I get older, I realise Mary Whitehouse was right more often than she was wrong. And if we hadn't have had Mary Whitehouse in the seventies and eighties, things would be a lot worse now. And we don't have a Mary Whitehouse figure now. We have the fringy, like, Christian concern and fringy things like that. But we don't have a figure that stands up and says, what is being shown on television is filth and is rubbish. We don't have that. Here's an interesting thing. There's a series on Netflix um, called 13 Reasons Why. It's about a young girl who commits suicide. And they show in the, um, they show her committing suicide, how she does it. I've not seen it. I, I was listening to the media show on Radio Fortnite. They show you how she commits suicide. Now, if that were on BBC, Channel 4, ITV, Sky, they would not be allowed to show that because there is an Ofcom regulation that you cannot show um, the means to which people commit suicide. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of accepted. But because Netflix is not a terrestrial, is not, is not a British based channel because it's a streaming service from abroad that is located i think it's located in the netherlands they are excluded from ofcom rules isn't that incredible they could show anything they can show anything they want because they are excluded from ofcom rules but the same go for amazon um no amazon no because they're offices are considered to be in the united kingdom right. even though netflix has an office here its base is considered to be in the netherlands i think i've got this right someone listening will know better than me amazon is considered to be in the united kingdom so it is it does fall within the ofcon rules amazon prime um and that's incredible that is incredible and my kids watch amazon they have their own logins they, they don't use, they know not to use mine and actually i, I perhaps i need to be a little bit more cautious around that um and they only ever watch it generally when we're around although there are exceptions but that means that that potentially anything could be on there and i don't watch tv now because it's generally it's rubbish but there is i do think we need someone the flack that woman took mary whitehouse took you know she took a lot of flack right and I think for the most part, I would say six times out of ten, she was probably right. She was probably right that things were going too far. And had we not had her as a barrier, who knows where we'd be now? And who knows where we're going to be in five years? The thing is, someone needs to represent that view. Someone needs to be the stick in the mud. Yep. So that if we do go beyond, we don't go that far beyond. At the moment, it's a free-for-all, isn't it? Geordie Shaw, right? Yep. There are people who've made themselves famous. Through wetting themselves. Yep. And girls look up to her and them as role they, models. They are queuing up. I know someone who was on the crew of that, and he said that they, when they take them out on the town, right, they put them in these VIP areas, and there are girls lining up yep. to go home with these lads. You to got be on girls. camera. You don't want your kid. You, you don't want that, to, that your girls to think that that's a respectable role model for no. a young woman. No. I don't want my boys to think that that's how women should behave, and that's how men should behave towards women. I don't want my boys to to grow up thinking that that's a, a, a career path. But it or, is. Or, well, well, but it's a short term one. 
Yeah, for a, for a very, very tiny percentage of people. But then the counter-argument to that is, it's better... It, they're going to earn more money doing that than they would have doing anything honest. Quote-unquote honest. Well, well. Aren't they? Oh, that's the aim four. of the game. Oh, three, four. It's saying that, I'm looking at a page of it's a naked woman stood on top of a mountain. Um, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The wild man of late night radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call. Did we, get, we didn't get to the, um, the bottom of that story, did we, about peeing in boots? Um, last night, West Midlands Fire Service confirmed a probe into the incident. A source said service issue boots are waterproof and would have bottled the pee. The women were disgusted. Then all hell broke loose with the DNA samples. It's caused huge upset. One source said long-serving firemen have been irritated by women with only a few years on the job being promoted over them. There's been a lot of gender jealousy. The Boots attack was not coincidence, but a coordinated action by some pretty bitter people. No firefighters had been disciplined or suspended, but fire chief said the file had been left open. Um, well, there we go. If you had to put out a fire with your pee, could you, could you, could, I mean, it was easier Depends for men. how big the fire was. If, imagine you've got ten firemen, right, and they've run out of water, right, and because we all know they're so hunky, and one of them, they look, the sergeant says, "Right, boys, take your uh, trousers off." What, what are you? What are you Emergency talking? Emergency hoses, chat. What are you talking about, sir? Just do it. We did this back in '76, and we're going to do it again now, guys. It's, it's unconventional, and you can refuse at any point. But guys, I want you to take your trousers off. So they all take the trousers off, and they're all there hunky. And they go, he says, "Now, guys." Take your pants down. What, sir, what are you talking about? He says, we did this in 76. We're out of water. There's only one way to stop this fire. Take your pants down, guys. And so they all, they all take their pants down, right? A couple are a bit reluctant. The younger ones are a bit reluctant. They do it. And then um, the sergeant says, um, right, one by one, I want you to put your penises in my mouth. What? It turns out he's a pervert. <laughs> It turns out, because they thought he was going to get them to urinate on the fire. They, uh, but think about it. It's an office block on fire. Ten men whittling on it. That's not going to put it out at all. No, he was a pervert. And it wasn't until the third lad had, um, had his todger in his mouth that someone realised what was going on. And they go, and, but the thing is, he got, he didn't get, he didn't lose his job. He just got moved to another fire department. Is that on Netflix? Um, I might... I might have dreamt it. I'm not sure. I'm sure, though. No, I'm sure that he got moved to. They covered it. It was all hushed up, and they moved him to another fire department. Um, and he's still he's still in charge because he's a good fireman. He was a good fireman. Just just in the heat of the moment, he went perverted. But I mean, what were they thinking though? Ten firemen. Ten fire. It's an office block on fire. You can't put. You, you, also, that's going to singe. Exactly. What's the? Um, is there video footage? Of the snapper fish. You know what the snapper fish is? Is that the one that goes up your... Uh... Yeah. So if you're having a whittle in the Amazon... Is that what it's called? I don't know. But if you're having a whittle in the Amazon, it will climb up your stream of pee into your japper, <laughs> inside, and it will lodge itself inside your penis by swimming up your urine. The kandiru. 
the candido. Sir, if you need to go to bathroom, you must do it nowhere near river because of the candido. My good man, if I need a pee, I shall have a pee. I need a pee. Sweet Jesus, there's a fish in my penis. It looks like an anchovy. Candido. <laughs> the candido. And it actually swims up the pee. Mm. It's through the hole. Hang on, I'm just finding... Into the penis. Hang on. Up through the penis into the brain. Stop. Stop. Are we giving the Candido a bad name? Yes. Many of these early records relied on tales from tribespeople or potentially dubious translations. Don't trust tribespeople. Other similar cases, blah, blah, blah. Well, it doesn't just go up uh, men's, it goes up ladies'. According to a negation. However, not one single documented case ex- existed of a candero swimming up somebody's uh, penis. Hang on a minute. Just because there's not one single documented case doesn't mean it didn't actually happen. You would happen. tell someone. You, you'd be too embarrassed. No, you wouldn't. Hey, honey, why are you walking funny? No, nothing. You didn't You didn't just have a pee in the river, n- the, 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 the Amazon, did you? No, because there's candero around here. No, that's fine, honestly. Fine. What creatures live inside you? Tapeworm. Mm-hmm. I'd love a tapeworm. Cause you can see it growing, can't you? You can see it. You can see it growing, and they can they, they cut it and they pull it out. No, what didn't they used to put, get a pencil, right? Yep. Spear a bit of bacon on it. You go tapeworm fishing. Put it between your teeth, and the tapeworm would come up, and you could wrap it round. Oh sh- no! Fact. Yeah, that is the biggest load of baloney. <laughs> it's a fact. No, it is not. It's a fact. Where have you heard that? I'm sure it was on horrible histories. Let me check. No. Tapeworm, no. bacon. Well, you put it in your mouth and it will come up because it could smell bacon. Yeah. Rubbish. Utter rubbish. Here we go. Here we go. Tapeworm infection. It can't come out of your mouth. Why not? Because it's in, like, between your flesh. It's in your intestines. It, no, it can't come out of your mouth because it can smell bacon. <laughs> Dear God. And you wind the pencil around and it's like like one of them um, licorice uh, Catherine Wheel things. No, like mate, you've, 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 you've made that up. Ta- t- t- okay. People used to take them on purpose to lose weight. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, animals that can live in or on you. Tapeworm, ticks, mm-hmm. head lice, crabs. Now, do crabs, the sexual crabs, do they look like crabs? They must look like little crabs. Never seen them. Well, they must look like crabs, otherwise they wouldn't be called crabs. They're not related to crabs, are they? Imagine if they were crab size. Imagine you had them in your pubic hair. Imagine an actual crab running around your pubis. Oh, they do look like crabs, don't they? But they'll be tiny, are they? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Is that on your face? Your pictures from your Facebook page? <laughs> no, flipping oh. it. Look at that. You can see them. Yeah, dirty buggers. Yuck. Dirty, dirty, <laughs> dirty buggers. Um, let's have some adverts. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Well, it's the last ten minutes or so of the show. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm flagging, but I'm not flagging as much as I was yesterday. So that's a bonus. But I shall be going home and uh, having a thoroughly uh, good night's sleep. Then tomorrow. To Manchester, northward, northbound, to Manchester, where we shall be going to a bloke called John's house, and we shall be rinsing his fridge. <laughs> That's what we shall be doing. We shall be caning his drinks and nibbles, 
and uh, leaving a dirty protest in a secret room in the house somewhere. That's what we're doing. Why are we going to his house? I can't remember. Seemed like a good idea. We were going to be in the area anyway, and we said, does anyone fancy it? Oh, yeah, let's make hay while the sun shines. No, he's very kind of him to uh, to offer us to go around his house. And, of course, we will not trash it, and we will bring a couple of bottles of wine and some bits and pieces, and um, um, he will be bored of us very quickly. We'll probably, do, we'll, we'll probably um, periscope the show. Dear listener, we will periscope the show if he's if he's cool with that. It, it, it be in his house, it's his call. Also, uh, Saturday night, if you want to come and see the uh, rabbit hole being recorded, uh, we've got five tickets left. We can't shift those last five tickets, guys. Uh, ticketsource.co.uk forward slash Ian dash Lee. Uh, but we will be periscoping, and I stress periscoping, not YouTubing it or Facebooking it or anything. We will be periscoping the rabbit hole on Saturday evening. I don't know what time it starts. I guess from about half seven mm-hmm. till about half ten be ready then um, so if you follow me on periscope um w- what you can do in the meantime and i've not looked to see how many there are there because i've been so ill but i'll do it on saturday is if you want to um uh, get your pens and papers ready phone up the rabbit hole answer phone you can phone up when we're live on saturday night but you can phone up the rabbit hole answer phone and leave messages not too long you know kind of 30 45 seconds seems to be optimal if it's if it's good and it's longer you know we'll, we'll play it but that's a pretty good length um you can skype hey rabbit hole show hey rabbit hole show or you can telephone and it's just the cost of a local call 0203 286 Six three seven zero. Should we? We've not called it. Should we call it and see um, what happens? Oh two oh three two. Because actually, the number might not be working even. Six three seven zero. Because it stopped working for a while. Um. The person you're trying to reach is not available. Oh. Please leave a message leave after a message. the beep. Hello, it's me from the past. I just wanted to check: is future me? Feeling a bit better? Is, is future Catherine still as annoying as this one here? Because she's getting right on my tits. Rude. Thanks very much. Um, we need to record a personalised message. We do, because that it? woman sounds very curt. That's going to scare people away. The, bird, the people you are calling are not here to take the call to. Hey, you remember a, a rabbit hole uh, recently, a while ago? I played answer phone messages from an, an African-sounding woman who's mm-hmm. been phoning my home phone. Yes. It, it goes on. So, a couple of times I've phoned back, right, 14713. One time it was like an Asian gentleman. He went, ah, she's not here. She's gone to America. What? Okay, well, she, well, she called today. Well, she's got, I will pass on the number and tell her not to call it anymore. Brilliant. She kept calling. So then I phoned up again and a different man answered. And I said, I'm, I, I, I'm getting calls from this number from an African sounding lady. And she calls like, sometimes it's three, four times a day. And it's no great hassle, but I just wanted to know that she's ringing the wrong number. No, no one here like that. I said, man, come on, there is. There's, it's an African. She said, no, no one. There's no one who lives here like that. And then I can't remember exactly what he said, but the implication was it was like a, a communal house right. that th- th- there were there were different groups of people well, living like one, there like one of these hymos sorry i don't think you can call them hymos anymore yes you can houses in multiple op- occupation 
occupancy. I don't know. So I was like, okay. So, well, I'll, I'll ask around, but I don't really recognise the, the picture you're describing. I was like, okay. She phoned up today, and, oh. I, and I answered the phone. I got to her, and I, I said, hey, listen, um, you're calling the wrong number. Silent. I could hear her breathing. I said, look, um, I, I don't know what you're calling for. I can never make out your messages, but you are calling the wrong number, and, I'm, uh, uh, and you've been doing it for about a year, and I'm just starting to get a little bit wound up now, so if you could stop this number. This number is wrong. I can hear her breathing. And I went, I tell you what, why don't you talk to me? My name's Ian. What's your name? Breathing. I said, you don't want to talk? Let me talk a little bit. Breathing. And then the dialing thing is she was trying to dial another oh, number. That's strange. And the thing is, I cannot make her, her accent is so thick. I cannot make out who she's calling for, what she's asking for. But the one I heard, she sounded very insistent, like she really needed to speak to someone. She doesn't always sound so oh, insistent. Right. She's not always so so insistent. Um, sometimes she's insistent, um, but there's always messages from her. And I, it, it is, it's weird, because it's starting to annoy me now. And there's no reason it should. We never use that phone. I don't know what that number is. I have to look it up on my phone. I, I would certainly never ring it. Um, I, I, I rang it once in an emergency because I couldn't get hold of my wife. And as I was ringing, I was thinking, no one's ever going to answer this phone. Um, so I, I don't know why it annoys me, but it does. I think she won't because she won't be told. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. And also, I'm intrigued as to what the hell is going on in that house. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Mate, here's the thing. You know, maybe she's like a slave, like a sex slave. And... This is the only number she can dial. Well, she had the chance to speak to a human being and she decided that she would, one, breathe and then try and call someone else while you're still on the phone. (laughs) It is the weirdest, weirdest thing. Can you not just block the number? How? How do you do that? You phone whoever your, um, your phone bill comes from and say, this is a nuisance. I don't think you can block numbers like that. you can. I feel that feels a little bit cold. Well, it's been a year of not talking to her. <laughs> no one can say I you didn't try. When I go back, after going to Manchester, there'll be another three or four messages from her. Oh, 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 oh. Is, that, is, that, is that mumbled? Is that? Uh, 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 can you not specifically change your answer phone <laughs> to hello. speak to her? No, to say we are well, we are welcome to be taking your call. No, no. I'm doing the voices from now on. I am doing the I voices. I don't feel right about you doing the voices. That's, well, that's your issue. That's your issue. I don't, I, I, that's your issue. I think it's one of those kind of privileged things. Go on. Now we're getting somewhere. I think it's. it can only be deemed offensive. Why? Um... I think it's to do with, like, colonialism. I don't think it is. It's got nothing to do with colonialism. I think it has. Well, okay, so why is the Chinese... What, the Chinese voice, then? Yeah. What's that got to do with colonialism? We didn't have anything to do with China. We never even went to China. We went to China and they they kicked our ass. Mm. Yeah, and I know they probably do more offensive imitations of us, but... Yeah, yeah. We're not bothered by that, are we? No. You've got, um, white guilt. Yeah, I have. 
which is interesting. I'm not saying that in a critical no, way. It's I interesting. Have... And I think I have white guilt to a certain but extent. I think we deserve to have white guilt. Um, well, there's, there's a sentence to say with literally two and a half minutes of the show left. I think we deserve to have white guilt. Wow. Why wasn't that the opening gambit at uh, 10 o'clock? Because that would have carried us through. Because you just did the voice. Um, I think we deserve to have white guilt. Um, I disagree strongly. I think we um, should certainly be aware. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, well, be careful. And no, be well, respectful. but no, being aware of 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 our crimes and misdemeanors in the past, with with with, with, with so as not to repeat them. But also that the, the situation is still sensitive for a lot of people. That's why I wouldn't go there. But I don't think that equates to we deserve white guilt. Mm. Well, all right then. I think we we still have a way to go before we can start throwing the voices around i disagree okay i disagree quite strongly with that i think it's still an it's still an idea that's forming and in I'm my head i'm just telling you what my gut no, says no 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 exactly and i appreciate it i'm not taking it as criticism at all i appreciate it uh, it, it, it is an idea that is is just kicking around in my head and it's not fully formed and it will form wrong and it will you know it will it will just stay and it will change and it will you know i just think while people are still being treated differently because they're not white yeah it's too it's too sensitive a subject to be messing about with but yeah ant and deck on their oh, saturday well, night takeaway but i'm not saying that was right i thought that was weird blacked up yeah black women and they were doing the voices and they were doing kind of like a hello there yeah rusty almost yeah. like a rusty yeah room, yeah yeah but over yeah yeah it's interesting it's, it's interesting mm -hmm. uh, and that was on a uh, as if we measure our morals look at it, we've got 30 seconds left now the show's getting good as if we measure our morals by a saturday night television show but that was a saturday night primetime television show in this century but i don't think that the time is right for I don't think that the decision is the white people's to make. Back to white guilt. We have to stop. Yeah. Um, dear listener, um, thank you for your uh, your support, and we look forward to talking to you from uh, Manchester, England, England, tomorrow evening from a bloke called John's house. Make sure you got your phone switched on because we're going to text you all the address. And if we don't get back to our hotel um, by one thirty tomorrow night, um, can you send the police around, please? Because we're probably being used as sex slaves. Thank you very much, <laughs> indeed. Don't forget to download the podcast. Until tonight at ten from us, tata. Across the UK, online and on DAB. As the nation gets ready to go to the polls, don't miss Talk Radio's dedicated election 2017 coverage. Join the conversation party on your election station, Talk Radio.